Hello, internet friends, and welcome to episode number 152 of Final Boss TV, your WoW and game rating show. I'm your host, my name's Adam KK Bay. Welcome to the final show in the first major pass of the Legion spec interviews. It has been a wild ride. It's been a long time coming. There have been some changes along the road. There has been some, some great shows, some not so great shows, some interesting shows, some incredibly meme-filled shows and the like. But today is the Brewmaster Monk show, sort of end capping not only just all of the spec shows, of course, but like the end of like the tanking discussions we've had and we built up to. The BTS podcast that we recorded last night had a little bit of bear salt. And by a little bit, I mean like 20 minutes of it. So we'll probably go through that at some point during the main show today. But you've been asking for it for a very long time. When the show returns in the coming months, I will be doing every single specialization solo. So mages, rogues, hunters, and warlocks will be up first for like the revisit. And there'll be some healers sprinkled in there just to make mix it up a little bit. The healers we talked about many months ago. But every single spec gets their own show. That being said, not every spec will be revisited. The more recent ones we've just covered now, we're kind of trying to future-proof. And we don't know how long we'll be in Legion. We don't know what Gamescom and BlizzCon are going to bring. We don't know if we're going to get an expansion or beta soon. So we'll play it by ear on that one. But the show will be going on a little bit of a break soon. And the pre-BlizzCon and post-BlizzCon specials, I've already got guests for those lined up. Those will, of course, be still happening. And some special things happening soon. So stay tuned for that. But of course, I have to give a initial shout out right off the bat to everyone supporting the show, keeping it afloat over on Patreon. Thank you so much for your continued support, especially Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, Delphier, Quen, and Vrez for your assistant producer pledges. That is just ridiculous. And if you want more show, especially because we'll be on a little hiatus soon, there is more show over on the Patreon page in the form of the BTS podcasts. These are the meet and greets with my guests. There are currently 24 of them in total that you can listen to. These are just like the unscripted behind the scenes chatting about nonsense and everything about the show and setting up and some juicy little nuggets. In in particular, the, the Mistweaver Monk show, that one was interesting. So you can go check those out. Most of them are all at the $5 tier, but if you are curious to how these go through and even wanted to check them out before, but haven't had the funds or, or known about doing it. The first 12 of the BTS podcasts are actually all at the Any Pledge tier. So if you want to support the show in that little bit and get 12 more podcasts for a dollar, you can go do that, of course. And if you're watching the show over on YouTube, these are all uploaded to YouTube and organized there for you by the year. So if you've missed any past shows, you can go check those out on YouTube. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. You can check them out there. The audio-only versions. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Or, of course, directly support the show right here on Twitch if you'd like. But that's enough out of me. Again, I have a manager now. So I have to, like, make sure I say certain things. Because it's important. Well, let's go talk to my guests and get the show rolling. So piping into us from Parts Unknown with a name that he doesn't even know how to pronounce himself. There's Peo. Hello, sir. Welcome. Hello. Glad you are glad to be here. Do you, so when you made your name, you just put some letters on the end, apparently, yeah? Uh, it was actually the first WoW character I ever made. This was the random name that it gave me. I don't even remember the race. Oh. Uh, 
it was taken on the server that I transferred to, so I just added an extra I onto the end. And that was how I got ended up with this name. Huh. <laughs> I have a couple of, of guests before that have made a random name that it became their name everywhere, but that's that's interesting. But everyone just calls you Peo, though, I guess, in the Discord community and whatnot, so we'll do that on the show Pretty today much. if that's fine. There's no other, no other nicknames we need to be aware of, is, is there? Like... We had, I'm making fun of monks right now because Dobbs was on the show, but apparently it was supposed to be D Hobbs, which never happened. <laughs> uh, not any nicknames that would be appropriate for this kind of discussion. Oh, <clears throat> fair enough then. <laughs> and joining you, doing all of the math that you all are responsible for, there's Scribe. Hello, sir. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. My, my music actually ended. You broke it. What did you do? <laughs> but I am just some sort of audio master, I guess. I I'm guess. not sure why. I, yeah. I, feel, I, gotta think, I feel a little threatened by the hair-beard combo right now. <laughs> I'm a little, I feel like I'm a little under metalhead beard going on right now, so I, I appreciate it. Oh, well. <laughs> I'll, I'll just take it as a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, chat <laughs> will back me up here in a little bit, so... But thank you for taking all the time that you do guide writing and whatnot. And of yeah, course, no. we'll, I want to I want to dive right back in as I had to reset the music, and I'll just kill it, and we'll go right back to Scribe. Uh, what do you What do you do? Because I'm trying to I'm I'm plugging this all up because I want to make this perfectly clear right out the gate. Because before chat freaks out or before the YouTube comments go crazy, and the show always brings on normally an incredibly mathy theory guide oriented player. And then someone that can balance that out. So we have two people in this regard. So don't freak out, because they're gonna look at your armory scribe and be like, "Who is this scrub? What the fuck <laughs> is this?" So I want you to defend yourself Ooh. to the internet real quick and just like lay out okay. the math out there. So what do you what do you oh, do sure. in the the brewmaster world? Uh, so I have been a third crafter for brewmasters literally since. BlizzCon 2011, when they announced that brewmasters were going to be a thing, I was playing a Rester Druid at the time. I was taking a break from tanking, and I that was my first BlizzCon I ever went to. And I thought, wow, I actually really want to do that. So when they uh, first showed off information, I wrote a little thing, um, uh, like on the March, uh, like the March 2012 uh, press release thing that they did for all the monks. I did an even more uh, uh, detailed write-up. Then I did um, uh, like guide writing in the beta, uh, going into uh, 5.0, kind of going through that. Uh, and I've pretty much just been doing theory crafting for the spec ever since. Um, more recently, I did uh, a lot of work with um, like the beta, the Legion beta. I did a lot of... Uh, testing and guide writing and uh feedback like feedback was really big and it's kind of lessened a little bit since then but that's also just because there hasn't been there's been in, important information that's come out during that period but not as much as the beta but yeah so i pretty much have just been doing uh that sort of thing uh for a very long time now yeah i'll I'm gonna I'm gonna transition over here real quick to bring up your Legion Brewmaster calculations spreadsheet because of course there's no Final Boss TV episode complete without a gigantic ridiculous spreadsheet that's made by incredibly smart nerds putting all this stuff together. So this is designed 
to, as it says here at the top, allow for quick calculations and comparisons of certain more complex or lengthy, lengthy figures, such as iron skin and purifying brew charge generation, stagger damage, and mastery breakpoints. Primarily intended for basic theorycrafting, though it is useful for comparing different amounts of a stat. And this is not just you, but mostly you. So mm -hmm. you want to walk me through this this madness? Yeah, so um, the Master Breakpoint thing is a little bit less relevant because that was actually a thing from like 7.0 where we thought that that was a thing. Um, but yeah, so essentially uh, I just made this sheet to be able to more quickly uh, calculate out certain um, uh, stat breakpoints and that sort of thing. And um, well, not even breakpoints, but again, just like Calculating out how stats work, how certain mechanics work. So you can plug in, for example, on the brew sheet, um, the brew generation sheet, you can mm. basically plug in your energy regeneration and relevant talents and relics, and it will tell you, and, and like the duration of an encounter, and it will tell you if you play 100% perfectly uh, how many brews you can generate during that period of time, including... Um, like the ones that you have at start, depending on whether you go with a uh, infinite time period or a um, a specific encounter uh, time period and that sort of thing. The biggest that, takeaway from that is that light brewing is terrible, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... We're going to get into that a little bit later. We can bring it up right now, too, because you have your base values A and B, and this is all, like, stock stuff, so you have to put information mm -hmm. in and get this all rolling to make this work for yourselves. Of course, if you're watching this uh, on YouTube, the link will be in the description box. I'm sure this can be found on, on Peak of Serenity or in the Discord, mm -hmm. so you'll have links to it. But then you have Black Ox Brew over here to the other option. But uh, all these... Abbreviations, if you're a brewmaster monk, I'm sure you understand. I don't, but... There's actually a key right at the top. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. All this stuff here, yeah, too. Don't. It's mm -hmm. very shorthandy, just because I don't want the uh, the spreadsheet to go a little bit too crazy. Right. So, yeah, this stuff is is awesome. I don't even know how you even start to figure this stuff out. <laughs> uh, just You just kind of look at the uh, the thing, and it says, okay, so this is how this works. You kind of test it to make sure that you know what you're doing, and then you just kind of do math it's I'm, I'm making it a lot more simple than it probably is but but yeah no it's i just I keep, kind of i keep going through tabs i'm i'm just keep going through oh there's oh, the go to the go to the stagger one the stagger one's beautiful yeah, yeah I, well just i just hit it scrolling it, down it kind of lagged out my google document for a minute when i clicked yep. on it. <laughs> This no, is... just keep scrolling down. Oh, I'm keep scrolling. Scrolling, down. I'm, I'm still scrolling. scrolling. I'm still scrolling. You can keep going. Yeah, I'm still. Yeah, okay. We hit. <laughs> we hit. We hit the bottom at hit twenty three tick two. That's where it ends. It looks like. <laughs> I don't even know yep. what. What am I looking at here? This is. Uh, just... You are looking. So basically, all of those massive tables. Those were all completely necessary to do essentially spreadsheet math with this. When um, Blizzard changed purifying to 50% uh, purify from 100% back in the beta. Mm. So you would have just needed that big old spreadsheet normally, but then they had to make it complicated. Well, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to throw some early salts at other tanks, I bear, I hit iron fur, I tank versus 
What is this madness? <laughs> this is so much. And there's still more. Well, there's the stair calculations with dodge, which that's the last one. But there's so many different tabs on this thing. So I, I, I always love seeing these resources that they are put together and, and, and formulated and, and they work to help people understand all this kind of stuff. Like it's like the WoW Analyzer tool for healers now that has become more and more relevant. They went over on the recent healer shows. Like these things didn't exist like two years ago. We didn't have this kind of stuff, these kind of spreadsheets. We had some tools, but it almost felt like simulation craft and all of these sort of big Google document mathy things were very much infancy a few years ago. So they were basically like, they're all coming out now. Yeah, no, I actually had a much more simplistic version of, uh, of that sheet back in, when did I start that? I think it was either late mists or early warlords when I started the original. It didn't have any stagger calculations. I did that actually because I remember back in the beta, um, Blizzard was asking, hey, we want to figure out some stuff about stagger. And I was like, I can probably do that. And then 18 hours later, I realized I'm I'm really in deep here, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot. So, I mean, I guess from, from the, the higher-end Raider perspective, then, how to shift gears over to what you do in this little world, how, how do these sort of things... Because that, that's, that's like a weird misnomer in the community that all, like, the top-end players... And you and I are both working on Mythic Avatar right now, to put that out there. All these, like... All, everyone thinks, like, just wait, figures all this stuff out, right? Or X and Y and Z player figures all this stuff out because they're the more progressed people. But that really isn't the case, correct? No, it's not really. Most of it is just, I mean, most of what I do is just taking advantage of the resources that other people write up and figuring out how to how to use them together and stuff like that. I did a lot of stuff with uh, Dup, shout out to him on the Monk Discord about rotations and stuff like that for max DPS for this patch. And almost all of that stuff was based on... Uh, I used a lot of the the stuff about energy regen or about energy calculations and uh, black ox brew cooldown from Brewing Scribe spreadsheet for that kind of stuff. So I mean, a lot of it's just figuring out what parts of it are relevant and piecing that stuff together. But I mean, I mean, I'm not just wait. I'm not. I'll, I'll admit, I'm not that good of a brewmaster or that good of a player in general. But I just do lots of damage and absorb information like a sponge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's. And that's a weird. We got we got into that topic on the BTS podcast too about the whole like tank and damage mechanic. And that's not really part of this show. I had that earlier in a few episodes ago about like the whole tank damage conundrum, because it always feels like it starts off with with tanks that you start out really caring about about gearing, effective health, living, surviving, so you can do more content. But then there's like a point where you hit like this this tiered plateau where you're like, all right, stuff's not going to destroy me anymore. So now I focus on actually contributing more to the raid DPS-wise. And that kind of back and forth, depending on the encounter. I know later on fights right now in, in Tomb of Sargeras, it's like, okay, everything defensive, defensive spec, defensive legendaries, because this boss is going to squish me. But there's also like a back, like not every fight gets that way, right? Like what, it, you say you do a lot of damage and, you know, just relic for facepalm, obviously, right? But yeah. <laughs> I mean, throw facepalm relics at everything, but uh, I mean, the biggest part of it is just having a good grasp on how much damage you can actually take and what actually is threatening damage, because taking really high consistent damage isn't necessarily threatening. It's all about 
damage smoothing with broom which brewmasters are inherently really really good at so it makes it so that a lot of fights that are uh dangerous for other tanks primarily i mean paladins are one of the worst offenders this tier that are dangerous for other tanks to kind of run an offensive build i mean i can just run full damage trinkets full damage setup because the burst damage is inherently mitigated by stagger and so the only thing is i take a lot i take a bit more sustained damage but i mean tank healing is functionally an infinite resource right now so right. that sustained damage doesn't matter yeah there's, there's a weird back and forth on that and it's, it's funny how I, I don't think we're totally at the point with tanks where you're almost getting lich kinged if you're not you know again if you're not a bearer or brewmaster i suppose where you're like i'm alive i'm good i'm alive a global later oh i'm dead we're not exactly there yet but it does always kind of get to that point later on in expansion i wonder we'll see if Antorus doesn't totally turn up the knob for tanks you know to 14 to try to actually kill them but we'll we'll see just because of eye level scaling and, and all the new nether crucible stuff and the more defensive tanks can get but the more damage they can bring so we'll have to wait and and see how that works out at the end but outside of this huge spreadsheet what other resources do brewmasters have to look for that are out there in the the great wide world out there scribe what else can you point people to um well there's uh uh well we have a uh, rivers is one of the other uh pretty big three crafters on um pika serenity's discord uh he has a couple really really good uh recoras uh, one of them is actually like a revamp of how uh, stagger damage is modeled so the way stagger damage is modeled normally with the base UI is it's uh, it shows itself um, as a portion of your max health, right? So if you're at 100% stagger, that means your stagger pool is equal to 100% of your max HP. The way, but that's not really a very good way of understanding how um, how stagger actually hurts you. So. The uh, Legion, or rather, uh, Rivers' Rikoras, um, actually look at it in proportion to the damage you're taking, which is a much more reliable stat and metric on actually learning how much this stagger is actually going to kill you. And you can then um, plan your uh, purifies accordingly. I just peeked yeah. over to Rivers' uh, Rikora page. And it looks like quite a number of brewmasters have may have checked out. It's the normalized stagger week or right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That did. And it's yeah. It basically just it, it shows you your current stagger in proportion to your damage taken in the in the window of stagger. So you can see like if the bar is full, that means you haven't purified any of it. For example, that means that in the last ten or thirteen seconds, if you have the ring, none of the damage that you've taken has been purified. So you've effectively taken all of it. Interesting. Yeah, there's a note here in the uh, update, actually just from the end of June, that it's moving to a standalone add-on now. Is that completed in the Brewmaster? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the, the logic of it is now in an add-on that is getting expanded. Uh, I'm not sure what else Rivers has planned for it, um, but I mean, you can always ask around in the Discord. He's also in the Weekora's Discord a ton, so. Awesome. That's super neat. And of course, I navigated right to that from just Pika Serenity. So, which of course is like the the the, the one-stop 
for all the Brewmaster and Mistweaver and Windwalker stuff, they have an actual a front yeah. page for this. Not every spec has a front page, but I mean, you have all the, the tabs for everything. So that's what's right here. And just you go to the author's page and then you can go to to Rivers and he has his weaker us right there. So, yeah, very good. I have a couple of other tabs here open that we'll get to. So there's a bunch of other things in the Brewmaster section, but is there anything else out there? I mean, I was trying to get you to plug your own guide, Scribe. I don't know why you danced around <laughs> that. Get, get that in there. Because, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I also have a guide on uh, Wowhead, actually. Uh, I, I actually didn't design the page uh, new. Uh, I don't remember who did. Uh, Babs, uh, Babylonius is like, he's kind of been like the guy who's really been in charge of uh, messing around with the site and getting it working up, uh, like up to our standards. Uh, but yeah, I make the, uh, the Wowhead Brewmaster guide. Uh, and it's pretty decent. Um, it doesn't have as much, like, super in-depth stuff. Um, but that's sort of what we want Peak of Serenity to be. Um, Wowhead has kind of been more of like, a, are you are you relatively new? Or are you more intermediate? You can kind of get a good bit of information here. And it'll keep you up to date on, like, the thoughts that we have and that sort of thing uh, on the spec. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we had a... A bit of a joke for a long time in the Brewmaster Discord that the name of the channel was Read Pins and the first pin was Go Read Peak of Serenity. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that is sort of a running running gag as we've gotten deeper and deeper and more of the communities have all meshed together in Discord. That basically, if you are a new player, returning player, or whatnot, and you have a lot of those early burning questions, the pins in the relative channel are the best place to start. And most discords, of course, have like that FAQ section where it has like a big blurb of like, this is for this deck, this is for this spec, this is for this one. So check those out before you just ask randomly, you know, what triggers do I use? Like, don't don't do that. So. <laughs> so uh, to move into a, a giant puddle of. I don't know, uh, just text, I suppose. There is a giant post you have all formulated up on, again, Pika Serenity, about the changes recently in patch 7.2.5. And before this, I was going to bring them up, but they're massive. Celestalon has those gigantic forum threads about Brewmaster because it was just talked about and talked about and talked about and discussed and gone through. So that whole period was... A little bit tumultuous, I would say. I mean, from your perspective, Scribe, with all the math and stuff you're figuring out, was a lot of that, did it all work out to be good changes in the end? Like, how did 7.2.5 go out in, you know, how is it now? Well, so there's a, there's like two basic big changes that happened with, uh, with Brewmasters when you're talking about sort of math and kind of more like designy stuff. Uh, the first one is that we got a lot more of our damage reduction shifted from stagger and general, like, all damage reduction with, like, hot blood and that sort of thing, uh, moved more over to dodging and armor and more physical damage reduction. So we're a lot stronger with regards to that, but we're a bit weaker with uh, magic uh, reduction. So it's sort of – I actually do think that in general – um, Blizzard did a pretty good job of sort of bringing us to a net zero position, 
with regards to that rebalancing, that reshuffling of how we handle damage. The other thing is more so uh, gameplay changes and game feel changes, which I'm sure we'll probably get into a bit more details on. But yeah, like in terms of the math. I have lots of strong opinions on those. (laughs) Dude, everyone has lots of strong opinions on those. I think, well... (laughs) Uh, the first strong opinion you can we can dive into here is like I put here in the notes that wasn't blackout combo change too, but I think that was seven point two, wasn't it? When the blackout combo nerfs rolled in, because like I noticed I think that it was because I noticed it recently because I, I always like to do the the blackout strike uh, breath of fire combo for like the DPS side of things, right? Because the re- the reduction on the breath of fire was that you have one hundred percent uptime, and now that is nowhere near as big of a deal. Obviously, the Iron Skin Brew duration stuff was changed, and like that was a core reduction in so much of the nonsense, though, because the biggest thing is that, let me read it off the, the top here, is that Iron Skin Brew's max duration only goes to three times max duration. So it goes 24 seconds at a 4 of 4, uh, with 4 of 4 potent kick right from your artifact. So that, if you don't play a Brewmaster... And I didn't know the the nonsense of this. How, how long could you actually stack Iron Skin Brew before this change? Just I don't know, Pay. What what was your record? Uh, how long you got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much that. Yeah. Like, and I told the story on the uh, the behind the scene podcast, the uh, BTS. But um, there were people who legitimately were like, "All right, I've got Mythic Plus in an hour. All right, I'm gonna go and just hit the dummy." and stack up Iron Skin, and they got like 20 minutes of Iron Skin Brew. They could do that. That was possible. It was really stupid. It probably didn't help them that much, but they could. So, there's, yeah. There's actually a, a a bit of a notorious one in my or that I did with my guild when we were doing a normal night hold with my monk, where I actually went through and just purposely stacked it as much as I could on botanist trash, and then solo tanked botanist without hitting iron skin brew a single time, just spam purifying at ninety nine stacks because I could. So I mean, you you could get iron skin brew durations that were longer than an entire encounter pretty easily. Yeah, which <laughs> and that sort of coupled in there was a whole bunch of iterations of of the stagger changes that were going in with like how much HP you should be able to fill up with your your stagger bar. So right now it sits at. A thousand percent of your max health. The first iteration, which I think like made the Brewmaster community just explode, which is double your health, which was just like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that was that one was way out of line. Right. The the thousand percent change though is mostly just. I mean, it's mostly an anti cheese thing because mm. I mean there was you used to be able to get up to uh, to cap stagger, which was ninety nine percent physical damage reduction, which meant that like bosses like Tychondrius that didn't have a like raid wiping and rage mechanic. I I mean you could tank them for like 30 or 40 seconds post enrage by just pausing stagger with blackout combo and having fort brew for 100% stagger. Yeah. So you effectively took 1% damage against an enraged boss and you know built up millions and millions of staggered damage, which obviously shouldn't be a mechanic. That's a little bit problematic, I would imagine. Yeah, that that was a little silly. I mean, most of the most of the changes in seven two five were well intentioned, and I understand why the changes were made. The problem is more, or the problem that a lot of people have, and that 
I have with them is the the actual implementation of the changes rather than the uh, what the purpose of the changes was. And what do you what do you mean in that? You want to want to dive into that uh, one? The the worst offender in my mind is the the iron skin brew cap, and just because the iron skin brew cap just forced us into a lot of bad feeling decisions mm. because we have I mean Brugen so heavily outstrips iron skin brews need for a hundred percent uptime that we basically always have spare brews for purifying and that's the intention but it also means that against like low damage encounters against anything like that you can't purify or you or rather you can't use iron skin brew because it'll just be entirely wasted and to purify isn't doing much anyway because the damage is low or on the opposite end I can't use more purifies because if I do, I'll drop iron skin brew because I had to waste brews earlier because of this cap. So you, it, there's a lot of bad feeling decisions just that are basically just caused by the loss of freedom in how we do it. And I mean, removing a lot of that freedom was the intention of the change. So I can't really fault them for that, but it's still, it just kind of feels bad. It, they're not great feeling decisions that you have to make. And it, yeah, it is, is it because the? I mean, obviously, because there there are two extremes in this regard, right? So obviously, before this change, having a day's worth of iron skin brew, where you could log in, stack it up, and you could just AFK all day and would stay up all day, was obviously not intentional. But yeah. is the the twenty four seconds? Because it's a weird like argument to bring up, right? Because like iron for for guardian druid doesn't last that long, but you can usually just like recast it. Right, shield block or shield of the righteous have charges and or recharge times don't last that long, but obviously they keep coming back to you. You keep like you know up, you know upping them over and over again. Um, you know blood shield or mail run stuff for blood decay just kind of part of the rotation. But iron skin brew purifying brew is like a sub part, like it's an extra part of you doing everything else. So you're sort of fighting not only your own GCDs, but also having time and the charges for for brews so should the, the is the timer on the cap should be a little higher then should it be like 30 or like 40 seconds is that like what you're aiming at I, or i i think a higher cap would add a lot of freedom um i mean that was one of the first things that a lot of people suggested uh my problem with it is just that the existence of a cap as kind of the, the band-aid solution to this, and I understand why they went for it. It's a relatively easy solution to implement. It accomplishes what they wanted. It's just having the cap at all forces these kinds of bad decisions because you end up in a position where your choice is wasted no matter what you do. Uh, and, and so you just kind of, you either, you have Black Ox Brew up, you have a brew left, you have capped Iron Skin Brew, and you're not taking damage. Do I purify nothing? Do I waste a charge and hit Iron Skin Brew? Do I just not even hit it and reset them with Black Ox Brew? Like that's it, that that's the kind of decision that just doesn't really feel good to the player. There in it, and those happen. I mean, every like thirty to forty-five seconds with Black Ox Brew. So that and this this kind of comes up later in the talent discussion, but I, I want to preface it now because of, it's part of this discussion directly. You bring up the talent Black Ox Brew, which is a 90-second cooldown. The problem that I wasn't aware of this when I was making the notes last night and you all informed me of, because this is either coded specifically as, and it's named as such, this is a brew 
So cooldown reduction for brews works towards Black Ox brew as well. I almost wonder, like I said before, I don't know if this should be a thing because it sounds like a lot of the weird problems you may have with the decision-making and the, the charge system is because Black Ox Brew has such a short cooldown. Like, should this not have cooldown reduction? Because this sort of sounds like it, it adds to gumming up the works, maybe? I don't it, think it really does too much. Um, okay. It's it's just sort of a additional resource thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the issue is mainly just that damage patterns are just not going to click with our brew cadence and changing that cadence just isn't going to, it, it's just not going to solve that problem because, you know, incoming damage and that sort of thing is, you know, different on an encounter encounter basis, uh, or even dungeon to dungeon basis. So it's just a really messy thing where you're just always going to have those points where you either have uh, high iron skin and you need to um, – and you don't, like, have any brews that you can realistically use effectively or you don't have any iron skin but you have really high stagger and you have to, you know, make the really messy decision of do I purify or do I, like, put back my uh, iron skin brew if you for some reason let it drop. It, it's just it's just sort of the nature of the dynamic rather than anything else. Yeah, and, and you can kind of see what they were going to going for, where they want you to have like a, a balanced usage of both and kind of weigh the options one way or the other. But the problem is just purifying relatively is not very powerful. So the right solution is always have iron skin brew up, then use extras on purifying, which those extras may or may not be needed and so when they're not needed well they're just they're wasted hmm. like you you don't really have anything else because so much of our i, I mean i commented on this on the behind the scenes uh podcast but like it, it feels like stifer yeah stagger is a stiflingly strong mechanic that it's it's kind of there's we we have so much power put into stagger that it kind of uh necessitates everything else being weaker yeah okay it's not even it's not even the base like it's the it's probably it's the core of how brewmasters deal with damage right because you're not blocking anything you're not casting shield barrier right you're not raising your armor you're you're just delaying the damage you take into this internal dot so uh, there has to be a, a certain tipping point there too, because you get a, you know your, your master comes into play now too, where you dodge a fair share of just normal boss white damage as well, which means you just take zero from dodged attacks. But if it's too strong, like you're you're hinting at and in getting towards, is that that it it becomes way too important just to like keep playing that mini game versus. Sort of, I guess, what I get when you're saying, like, the fantasy, the fantasy of Brewmaster is to use Stagger as the intermittent source of, like, delaying a whole bunch of damage and then removing that from the table completely with, like, the brew mechanic back and forth with Iron Skin to purify. But it doesn't sound like it's, you just kind of, like, keep Iron Skin brew up, get a big Stagger amount, whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean... Part of that is because, I mean, it's because, like I mentioned earlier, tank healing is functionally an infinite resource. Your, yeah. your pool of staggered damage doesn't really matter. Uh, 
because taking the dot over a long time because the damage is so smoothed out and so even and so predictable um i mean healers can always plan for it you'll never take an unexpected spike of damage unless there's some other mechanic that you screwed up or something like that so your your damage is so inherently smoothed out to begin with that it's really easy to deal with even if it is high and so then you don't really care about purifying because i i mean I don't need to purify this damage unless there was a huge... I mean, the, the really, the use case for purify becomes I staggered a huge spike of damage. Let me purify it, because why not? Right. And there's... <laughs> there's I was going to make a joke that you're not going to die to auto-attacks between a global of you putting up Shield of the Righteous into falling off, like a prop paladin will, right? So, like, in the times that you don't have fluff time on, on that, and one auto-attack gets through and clobbers your tank in the face for 6 million damage, then they're done. That's never going to happen with the Brewmaster, because you, you physically can't... Even if you don't have Iron Skin Brew up, you're always going to default, what, 35% into Stagger anyway. Yeah, I mean, well, that 35%, our, our base armor and stuff is so low that that's... That'll usually kill you if you don't have Iron Skin Brew up. Like, that'll... Mm, okay. That's part of what I mean, is that it's... I, I, Iron Skin Brew kind of is what pushes our stagger to those kind of ridiculous levels because, right. uh, I mean, pre patch with two set and uh, Iron Skin Brew, well, pre 725 nerfs, we were getting, I mean, 85% of the damage we took, physical damage we took, was going into stagger. So, I mean, if you get a 10 million hit, you took 1.5 million damage up front. Yeah, I have, I have a little picture right here we can bring up that Scribe gave me. It's this current. So if you have like a, a cheat sheet real quick here for for stagger with all the different buffs you can do and then a bit of course base stagger and the magic portion of stagger it's 40% effectiveness and then the magic stagger with mystic vitality. So like there's your numbers like so where do you, you normally sit around this like 60 plus mark all the time, right? That's just fortified Yeah, seven, yeah. 75 or 85% is oh, usually even the higher. two most common. Yeah, okay. because that's a yeah. uh, that's with Iron Skin Brew or with Iron Skin Brew and High Tolerance, which High Tolerance is the, the defensive option in that row, generally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, well, I mean, you can... Yep. Sorry. Was, uh, yeah, was there anything... Because Scribe made this thing. <laughs> so what... Is there anything you wanted to, to touch on before? I, I want to bring up the, the traits uh, with this, but it's mm -hmm. pretty inclusive overall with... With stagger amounts, do you think it's okay to get to 100%? Like, obviously, like, that's a thing, but... Um... I mean, I, honestly, you know... Uh, we've never, ever been able to really get this high with stagger before. Like, ever. Um, I think... The, the first time we really were thinking about this sort of thing was, like... Uh... Hellfire Citadel, but I don't know if it was like Hellfire Citadel or if it was pre-patch Legion Hellfire Citadel. It's kind of a blur in the memory, but yeah, no, like Brewmasters have always been at like 50 to 60% stagger. Like classically, Legion really bumped it up. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of why it becomes this thing. And stagger is also a, a mechanic where the more of it you have, it, it multiplies its own effectiveness. So the more you have, the more powerful it is. So it's, that's that's why it's such a black hole for <laughs> spike damage. 
Right. Yeah, I, I mean it's uh, it's the reason that armor has the dr the harsh dr that it does is so that every point of armor is the same uh, effective health value as you keep adding it. Um, stagger doesn't have that, so as you approach a hundred percent stagger, you are asymptotically taking like relatively less damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can take at ninety percent stagger, you can take. 100 million hit and live with cooldowns. At 99% stagger, you can take a billion hit and live with cooldowns. Yeah. So, so... You, you start to see the problem when you get up into the the like 90 plus range at how, how ridiculous these uh, quantities get. Yeah. So your other point, you were talking about the whole brew thing, and I'm going to push this over to 7.2 artifact traits. And like the only real one that I want to I want to bring up because the other new ones, your new traits, right? Obviously, you got another point in potent kick, which is the two second duration from the one point five. But then you got like you know draft of darkness, which is just twenty percent damage on blackout strike. Okay, it's DPS. And you've got stave off, which is just keg smash multi strike, which is ridiculously powerful. Sometimes you see some parses of brewmaster monks that get keg on keg on keg on keg action. But then oh, that's the best thing. It's just the best thing ever. Yeah. Quick sip, though, is your new golden, whereas drinking purifying brew will give you a second of iron skin, and drinking iron skin also purifies 5%, which this this extra 5% that you just passively will will purify down by drinking iron skin brew, which you just basically spam, and even scribe said it in chat, you know, basically just spam iron skin brew and you're generally fine, because you get a built-in mini purify anyway, and because they nerfed purify in seven two five, which is it's it's only forty percent from fifty, is did, did quick sip just add to this kerfuffle basically? Quick sip I don't think is... anyone ever thinks about it to be honest. Oh, it's, it's largely <laughs> yeah. it's largely just kind of there. You don't okay, really play yeah. around it. It's mostly uh, I mean, mostly what it does is it just reduces the the opportunity cost of picking one brew versus the other right um the the five percent purify on iron skin brew is the the more mathematically impactful one mm-hmm. um although with the with the cap the one second on purifying brew can be nice but usually is not even relevant because yeah. you have so much i mean iron skin brew uptime is always going to be a hundred percent you, you just have so much brew gen that unless you're like spamming three purifies in a row, you're not going to drop iron skin brew. Right. Yeah. Let me just put it this way. When they announced the seven, two, five, uh, announcement for like the iron skin brew cap, literally no one I have ever seen in the community said, Oh, stave off. will actually now be able to, uh, micromanage your, your cap up time. No one thought of that. It, it's just like, it's a thing. It, right. It's there. Just, People don't really think about it that much. It's yeah. just a passive thing. Was there- Stave off is actually the the far more impactful of the traits, which was kind of funny because uh, it made it so that with good RNG, you can get away with some really, really ridiculously low haste because of the energy regen from from Black Ox Brew oh. and the extra brew gen from uh, Face Palm and from the Keg Smashes. Like, I, I mean, the... The optimal build right now is you want something around like eight percent haste for max DPS, which I mean is absurdly low relative That's to tiny, every other class. Yeah. I have four. Is it eight percent? Because I know there's yeah. there's like the seven second one is like what fourteen percent or something like yeah, that. The, the fourteen point three is kind of is the basically soft cap on haste, where above that right, point it doesn't right. scale anymore, and eight yeah, yeah, percent yeah. is kind of the optimal value. Yeah, it's where we've gone back in the day. Like haste has classically actually never been a good staff for brewmasters. 
um, like in Mr. Pandaria, we sort of had the the haste to taste uh, philosophy, where you just kind of did you got enough haste to be like, okay, yeah, I'm comfortable. I can generate enough uh, chi to be able to uh, get my shuffle up time up, and I can purify whenever I feel like I really need to. And then uh, Warlords happen where it's like, okay, don't touch it. It's the plague. <laughs> Keep it away from me forever. <laughs> and then it kind of got a little bit of a resurgence um, in early Legion, but I think there was also a little bit of overestimating its value. Uh, and then we're kind of here again where it's just like, yeah, it's a thing. It, there's there's points where it's kind of useful, and then, eh. I mean, at least that's a back and forth with with how classes work, with how their secondary stats. And there's love hate relationships with all that kind of stuff, but we'll leave we'll leave some some stat dredging for a little bit later. So I guess that the one thing that I had in this chunk was that the direction of Brewmaster definitely shifted. And we've talked about all the stagger and, and how this all works like that. It's kind of like a combination topic here. But then the, the tank damage to remain relevant right like you get the, the damage bonuses in 725 artifact or 72 artifact traits but then like the direction shifted as you both said so i guess how does brewmaster just stack up now against the rest which this this brings me to the kind of dicey topic of i mean i took it took me until yesterday really to to grab two guests for the show because i kept finding that either the brewmasters have not played anymore or they've re-rolled to a different tank, which sounds really weird because Brewmaster has been so damn strong up until this point. So why, why did like the Undying tank have this switch then? I don't know who wants to touch this one first. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, um, I can't really speak about like inner tank balance too much because I focus primarily on Brewmaster uh, yeah. stuff because I am a filthy casual scrub lord. Uh, wow, <laughs> I know, I know, I have such a high opinion of myself. No, but um, in seriousness, yeah, like largely people didn't leave because of balance changes or anything like that. Uh, it like with four set, we're still pretty good as far as like I'm concerned. It's just people don't like the shift in play style. People really liked the way like how fluid stagger management was, and because it's basically been dropped down to. Four brews within 24 seconds. One of them can be purifying. It, it's really solidified what you can do, and not really in a good way for a lot of players. Hmm. Um, yeah. Certainly, like a decent number of the people who you know we socialize with on the Discord. Um, but yeah, people, it, it, you know, again, mileage may vary. Some people don't mind it that much. I actually, I kind of, I'm okay with living with it. Um, I haven't really felt too messy with it but again i also i'm just doing sort of mythic plus i'm not doing anything like super crazy i'm not doing like uh mythic plus 20 and that sort of thing right. um where that would probably become a lot more relevant but yeah like it's it's mainly a gameplay change and people just weren't really happy with how uh how the the new brewmaster really felt for them yeah i mean it, it really did come down to the playstyle change i mean brewmaster still I mean, they're still a tier one tank. Like, they're not the, the like, golden boy S-plus tier that bears always seem to be. But, I mean, they're still a good tank. 
Like, they're, you're not going to go wrong with a Brewmaster. They're definitely in the top tier of tanks. It's just a lot of people re-rolled away because they don't like the way it plays anymore. Like, they don't like the decision-making caused by the Iron Skin Brew Cap is really the biggest offender. Um, some people don't like the new rotation with the fixed cooldown on Blackout Strike and the changes that had. Yeah. I. I personally don't mind it, but I mean, there was a lot of changes in the middle of the expansion that changed the way the class or that changed the way the spec played a lot that people didn't really like, and a lot it pushed a lot of people away from it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like obviously, with the way that Legion works right now, the point five patches, and we have another one coming up in the future because we will get because Antorus the Burning Throne comes out with seven three five probably after BlizzCon most likely, right? And we'll get 7.3 soon. And there are, they even sort of like didn't keep to the 0.5s because obviously if there are big problems, they're going to address them in a, in a 0.0 because Feral Druids are getting a huge overwork in the patch in the next coming couple of weeks. But the 0.5 patches were meant to do brush strokes so that there aren't like trickle effect buffs, nerfs, hotfixes, and tweaks every couple of weeks that just make people go like, well, what's going on with my, my class, right? So you get one big like post of of fixes and changes, which is a good thing. But I mean, I even felt like the the little bit of time that I've ever done, like either like world quests on my my ult as as brewmaster, I'm not gonna do it as mistweaver, or tanked like just mythic flats as like a world tour. It did feel. It didn't slow it down. It just has like I mean, using blackout combo because it just feels good. It's the fun talent. It does feel like yeah. it it lost something. It lost a bit of its a bit of its not to you know bring up brew puns, but flavor, right? It brought it lost a little bit of that because they they fixed some of the haste coefficients, they nerfed some of them, brought some of them down, and uh, it's just not as not as fluid. It kind of has like little bumps here and there. It's. It's kind of funny you say that because a lot of the changes, the, the rotational changes were aimed at making the rotation more fluid. And it is still, I mean, it's fully GCD locked. It is sure. like you do go global to global, but despite the like micro GCD gaps in the rotation yeah. before the patch, it still felt really fluid. Mm -hmm. It still had, I mean, you had smooth decision making. It was a little weird to have like a 0.3 second gap in the middle of your rotation while you're waiting for something to come off cooldown, but you don't notice it in the middle of a fight. Like that's not something you really pay attention to. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Cause I, I, I don't have, I have very little understanding of the, how the spec is now. Obviously all of my, my initial beta coverage of all the different specs twice, you know, logging on this time, learning how things worked, finding bugs and whatnot has changed for every single spec as the game has evolved. But that was the one thing that I just it felt mostly like the timing on Breath of Fire, because they nerfed that. Like it it did it changed the feel, and you just get into this rotation now where you're just like obviously King Smash on cooldown and Black Strike on cooldown, but you just kind of like slam down Tiger Palms, which again DPSing properly as a tank is a defensive benefit on all tanks, like how you use that rotation, obviously reducing brew cooldowns and whatever. But I, I guess that that leads me. Are there types of encounters now where brewmasters are just weaker at or or better at? I guess not better at, because the, the only topic I had in here was that Mythic Scenarius, if you were out there doing that as a brewmaster, every other tank in the game was like, the spear's coming, give me four cooldowns, and I'm using all of my personals, and then I almost die. And brewmaster's just like, where's the spear at? I'm gonna... 
oh, the puddle? Let me move the boss, like, and you're good. And that's not a thing, really. It kind of is right now, but... I mean, it's still... I mean, we still have the same strengths. We still have a huge... I mean, like, bar none, the strongest tank against burst physical damage. That's sure, like... Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's not even a remote. There's not even a, a comparison point because of the power of stagger. Um, but I mean, what they did, a lot of the changes in the patch basically made it so that we gained a weakness against burst magic damage in addition to really high sustained damage that was already kind of a problem. Oh, okay. Because I mean, as I mentioned before, we don't really have any. There's not really any damage reduction. It's just damage redistribution. Like we we still take like 80 to 90 percent of the damage we just take it in a really consistent manner so if the damage is already really high and really consistent we're just taking more of it yeah there was a little bit of wrap up here on the uh the bottom of this pika serenity post about the cumulative effects and then what to expect from the changes so i like the the rushing jade wind one is funny because both mistweavers and brewmasters are like oh yeah it's back so which is, it's good, because that fills in a gap in the rotation that wasn't a thing before, because now you actually can use this silly thing, but yeah. Rushing Jade, Rushing Jade Boom was actually interesting, because it was actually more damage before the patch as well, you just didn't have the globals to cast it. Right. Yep. Yeah, so I actually did some, some math on that, which was really fun, because it, like, earlier, um, you know, in the beta and that sort of thing, we really thought... Rushing Jade Wind's pretty good, you know. The philosophy of, oh, it's an active uh, ability, actives are probably going to be better for damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it turns out, fun fact, um, you know how it, it, it scales with haste, right? But the problem with that is that you always are prioritizing um, your normal, like, energy spenders. Right. Which means that you have fewer GCDs that you can use on Rushing Jade Wind. And that also means because the haste reduces its duration, the actual effective uptime then decreases yeah. very heavily. Whereas, uh, oh shoot, what was the other one? Special delivery. Um, that one just scaled with haste because more haste meant more brews, meant more uh, procs, and you could just do more damage. And then um, they actually changed it so that rushing jade wind actually had a good uptime and that really helped it out a lot and i was really happy with that change it's funny yeah, big, oh go ahead Peo. i was to say yeah the biggest thing that really solidified rushing jade wind was just the rotational changes meant we actually had gaps for it because of the uh -huh. the flat three second cooldown on blackout strike means that we now uh, using blackout combo there's always a one gcd gap between every uh blackout strike that's free so you have blackout strike tiger palm and then something mm-hmm yeah, and that's that's where I felt like it was different. And you have to like fill the gap with something now because I guess if you don't take rushing jade wind, then then it would make the rotation feel like it was missing something because you would have a moment to not wait. Which is I guess every spec feels different to be GCD locked or not. It depends on what you're looking for in that regard. So that's that's either a point of contention for some people or no one cares about it. It's either one or the other. But it's funny, you brought up Special Delivery and to compare these two because they were they were changes. This Special Delivery used to be like a really low chance, but now it's a guaranteed chance whenever you drink a brew. That was a change. They actually just straight up inverted the proc chance and the damage on it. So it went from being a 30% a proc chance to do the same damage as a keg smash to 100% proc chance for 
one third of a keg smash basically right so i mean it's still i mean it averaged like it's the same as the average case they just removed literally all of the rng from it mm -hmm. which is interesting it, it did yeah. feel kind of dumb beta testing and i would drink four brews in a row and not get a proc or drink four brews in a row and there go four kegs so <laughs> yeah special delivery was really messy during the beta like i remember there were periods of time where it didn't even actually proc damage like it procced but it never did damage and that, it, it, I think they fixed that like right around the end and I was very worried about it, but they, they pulled it out and it was really good and I was really happy with it. But yeah, no, that was, um, that was a fun time. That was a fun time. So special delivery also has the best animation in the game. I'd like to say, Oh God. Yeah, it well, does. The best thing you do is you tie them a special delivery landing on you with an exploding keg just for the overall explosion. Just on both. Blah. That looks really good. So you gotta, you gotta line those up. But I guess outside of all of this, are there any, is anything broken? Hopefully not after a big patch like this for, for a spec. Is there anything broken with Brewmaster right now that doesn't work properly or you're finding out is sort of bugged, you're waiting for a fix or anything you want to like make sure other Brewmasters out there steer clear of doing? I looked at, and I want to, there's a turtle build for Brewmaster. I don't know if you want to like, Anything honorable mention in there to, to steer clear of anything awkward or broken with Brewmasters? Peo, do you uh, have anything? So, the the thing with the turtle build, and there's also this uh, Chinese build that's come up recently and been kind of a topic of discussion. Hmm. So, I'll, I'll talk about those kind of separately. The the turtle build, the a lot of people have this misconception about the turtle build that they see turtle and they think, oh, this means ultra-defensive build, I should run this when I want to survive. Um because of the way Gift of the Mist works and because of the way that build works, it only actually works when you're taking ridiculous damage. Like, truly ludicrously extreme damage is where it starts to pull ahead of a standard, uh, like, Black Ox Brew high, or high tolerance build. Um, and that's just because of the way that Gift of the Mist works, where it kind of, getting a little technical, it, it airs on the side of the player, kind of, when determining how much uh, bonus to give you. So if you're taking really large swings, even though you're staggering a lot of it, you're getting the maximum benefit of Gift of the Mists. So if you're taking really extremely high damage is where you start spawning lots of orbs where that Gift of the Mist build really, really ramps up really fast. Um, because it actually, you're, you, the amount you're purifying scales up with incoming damage is where the, the turtling aspect of that build comes in. But the problem is... I don't think there's really a single boss in Tomb right now that actually does enough damage. It was kind of a, a it was a theoretical build more than anything. Okay. So, I I bring it up in this section because we had the prop paladin show that had a turtle build. Both my guests were like, no, no, don't take it. <laughs> so I, that's it's sort of part of this whole thing. But yeah, I, I mean, I would advise against using it generally because okay, it's the kind of build where um. If you're progressed enough and doing something undergeared enough or uh, high enough damage to need the build, you know you need the build. And you don't mm. have to be asking me if you need the build. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, my, my general yeah. recommendation is don't use it. No, don't. And Scribe, do you have anything you want to end cap on there? Is that, I guess, anything um, broken? You want to cover the if there's any bugs or broken things? I wouldn't say there's anything that's really broken in terms of, like, uh, implementation. There is um, the one thing where, you know, we've been talking about brew generation and that kind of needs to have the little asterisk of we have a lot of brew generation, 
when we're using blackout brew or not black ox brew. Why do I always do that? I always do that. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, that's basically the only point where we actually have really good brew generation. Uh, light brewing, you actually at decent amounts of, I think you need like 30 something percent haste uh, or around 30% haste to be able to just guarantee 100% iron skin brew coverage. So the spec actually really isn't designed for the way that we play it. Um, yeah, it so feels that way. Yeah. It, there's, there's definitely sort of a, a disconnect between uh, what the devs intentioned and what the player base has just been doing. So light brewing and gift of the mist. If you are worried about brew generation, you probably don't want to do those. And then I'm sure that I'm probably going to have another chance to talk about it. But uh, the new breath of fire uh, integration, if you aren't familiar with that at all, um, yeah, it um, it on the tooltip it gives you a stack of mastery whenever you hit a target with breath of fire. Mm-hmm. Problem is, is that Breath of uh, the Mastery only stacks up to one dodge, which means that you actually get a significant, uh, significantly more uh, value from that integration when you're talking single target as opposed to multi-target. In multi-target, it's actually pretty much uh, negligible damage reduction. Like we're talking, if you don't have the best stuff, it might even be as low as one percent on like three to four targets. Like it's that low so don't don't think that that is going to be a lifesaver for you in an aoe situation focus more on like iron skin brew uh and if you have the room for it like purifying and that sort of thing don't folk don't worry about breath of fire it's it's probably not going to help you that much right but yeah those are like the those are like the big things where i feel like there's there's some points where there's disconnects between what sounds nice on paper and what's actually happening with how we handle damage and how the game just works and that sort of thing. I guess there's a a side clarification question as I'm I'm looking through and remembering because you were added in recently. Well, not recently, I guess. Was it one point? Was it 7.1.5 when you got Expel Harm back? And I guess just... Was it? I think it might have. I think it was like right, right around the Nighthold time frame, I want to say. Because that came back as something that was pruned into Legion. And in like the whole like steer clear or or use, you know, a little end cap here. Do you recommend like tanks using Expel Harm or gaming it in any fashion? Or just like do you recommend just like walking over your gift of the ox healing spheres instead? Or I don't know if there's any math with that because it costs uh, there is one thing uh Pyle, if you wanted to talk about it actually i i mean basically expel harm largely because of the energy cost basically expel harm you treat like you would lay on hands on a paladin or something like that like it's it's your oh god i'm going to die in the next second if i don't hit a button button otherwise you kind of just want to uh strafe back and forth and there's I mean, there's some really weird things you can do with, like, opposite determination and standing against walls because the orbs always spawn on your right. So if you stand with a wall to your right side, the orb will heal you instantly and things like that. But those are largely... Uh, I mean, they're impactful, but they're 
more it's parmesan things yeah <laughs> it's it's cheesy <laughs> so your orbs always pop out to your if you already have an orb to your right it just go to your right again like how does it they, always so they spawn on top yeah. of each other and it's only yeah. obstinate oh. determination only spawns on your right so the ones that spawn yep. from dropping below 35 percent health always spawn to your right um so when you see people refer to corner monkeying or corner tanking it's you stand against a wall to your right and every time you drop below 35% health, you are instantly healed back above 35% health, provided you didn't take so much damage that huh. it bursts you too low for the orb to heal you back above. I yep. had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so normal orbs will actually spawn kind of like to either side of you, and you can just kind of shuffle around and get them. But yeah, that's definitely true. And then the other thing actually on that note is uh, with the foresight integration, uh, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later, but yeah, like quick, just little thing with it is mainly that uh, the way it works is so if you have, you know, it purifies 5% of your stagger. Uh, if you get like five orbs, that's not going to purify 25% of your stagger. It's going to purify five, then another five, then another five and so on. So if you want to use Expel Harm to do that, probably not as good of an idea if you're trying to go for as much stagger reduced as possible um the heal is kind of more of a big thing with that um yeah. you kind of want to optimally spread them out it you might not be able to do that as much depending on you know what you're doing but yeah yeah it basically works out that you need i think it's 12 orbs to equal a purifying brew because of the something like that yeah the nature of it because it basically purifies five percent of your remaining after each orb so oh. it purifies 5%, then, what is it, like, four and three quarters or something like that, then, I, I don't even remember. Yeah, that, it's but, just sort of like a little regressive curve on okay. how it really, on how much it uh, heals, or rather purifies. So tiny things, but I think that, that topic turned into a little bit more than I was expecting. I mean, I had to, I had to <laughs> add a note for my, my bookmark guy to make sure we're on the same page there, but... I think we have we have stats and, and tier sets and legendaries on the horizon, so I'm going to move us forward here and babble a little bit about a few things and again announce that the show's going on a little bit of a hiatus coming up soon. The The next show is basically planned to be the pre-BlizzCon show. It's almost like a two-month break or so where I have a whole bunch of things to work on in the, the discussion videos that I've been working on right now, the BTA, uh, BRA, and BTW series to work on those. I have sort of a special announcement coming up soon. I have obviously planning for the BlizzCon, which I am pretty sure I'm going to now. And there's just a lot of little things to work on. So the show's got a little bit of a break. We're going to be reformatting and, and working on a few things. But when the show comes back, pre and post BlizzCon shows being the, like basically the restart, we'll be doing every single spec individually, at least trying to cover all the specs that we did earlier in Legion. So Mages, Hunters... Uh, rogues and warlocks are going to be up first and then since each spec is individual that's like four months of shows just to do all those specs so bear with us in that regard but you've asked for it for a very long time to have you know a show about sub rogue or a show about marksman hunter instead of squishing all the, the the pure dps classes together they'll be a little shorter hence the reorganization of how the show is going to work they'll be like 90 minute shows not like the two hour long shows we do now just sort of trying to figure out what works better for that kind of format. But those are on the horizon, of course. And that stuff wouldn't be happening 
if it wasn't for the support here on the Twitch channel. If you want to support the show directly and all the side content here, of course, there's a subscribe button right here on Twitch. You can go follow the show on YouTube. You can subscribe there. That doesn't cost you a dime. And you can, of course, watch all the past shows. They get archived and squished up there in description box and put up there for you to watch on YouTube. The show is also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music if you want the audio-only versions. And the big, of course, shout-out to everyone on Patreon that is supporting the show on that extra level. And, of course, to all the assistant producers that are out there. So Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, Douthier, Quen, and Vrez. On that side note, because the show is going to take a little bit of a break, there are more podcasts, though, in case you want to be tidied over for that period of time. Is located, of course, on the show's Patreon page. There are 24 of them at the current uh, junction. These are half of them now are at any pledge, so you can support the show as little as a dollar. Just toss a dollar at the show. You get 12 podcasts, and as time rolls forward, I'll be moving more of these down to the any pledge amount. But if you want the ones that come out immediately, they're at the epic tier. But these are sort of the unscripted, behind-the-scenes, just gobbledygook I talk about with the guests sort of as we prep for the shows. We reference it a lot in the live show, so there's a lot of different rants and topics that come up during these hour-long discussions. And if you want more of the show while the show's on a bit of a break, those are right there for you. Audio only, just click the button, go for it, use it on your phone, whatever. And again, the YouTube channel is all organized by the years that these shows come out. So if you've missed any episodes from the 2017 season, 2016, 2015, 2014, or all the way back to 2013. Uh, I mean, don't go back and watch those shows if you want to. Maybe. I think I was terrible back then, but up to you. There's some fun ones back in there if you want to go check all of those out. Of course, you can go f find out what, what's happening in, in this one. What's, what's going on right there? But those are all right there on the YouTube channel, posted for you all if you need to. And if you want to support the show in a more physical way... There is the official Design by Humans Final Boss TV apparel and art store. Of course, all the different filters here on the sides, all the different things you can look at. Of course, when you're actually looking at a design, like we have the new uh, Method Mythic uh, World First Kill Jaden sort of nod shirt. Of course, are all the little final bosses that Fabelin has put together for us over time. The Demon Within shirt. When you go to them, you'll navigate to the other topics and other styles that they're in. But as I scroll down... The Epic Medallion, I said before on a live stream recently that the original Final Boss TV Medallion was being retired. A new line of medallions are being released slowly. One more may come out soon, but the Epic Medallion is out right now. So this is the new, my logo. This is the old one. You can still get it in sticker form, but to compare and contrast the two against each other. And you can go customize them, of course. Tank tops, phone cases, all these different ones, different styles, different colors, different, all this stuff. And everything, of course, goes to keep the show rolling, if you want to wear a little bit of that. If you bring one of those to BlizzCon, you want me to sign it? I don't know. Don't be weird about it. I'll sign a shirt before I'll let you... People keep asking to play with my beard, which is, you know, I guess it's a thing. But all that wraps that up. Thank you very much for all the continued support on the show. And I'm ready to talk about stats. Stat time? Hello? Nerds? Stat time? Stat time. Stat time! Yeah, Even though I, I, I kind of I teased it because I moved this topic. Give me your quick quick and dirty on the artifact challenge, the quote-unquote tanking scenario in the Mage Tower. Uh -oh. It's evil. Oh, that's, it's, it's evil. evil. <laughs> it's evil. 
<laughs> it's not that bad anymore, but uh, no, I mean, no, it, no. When it came out for Brewmaster, it was Whoa. it was pretty evil because it was uh, it was before all the nerfs that required a lot of self healing and some really specific legendary and talent setups. Um, now, I mean, it, it's it's pretty standard. Uh, it's not actually all that difficult anymore with like decent eye level tomb gear. If you're around like nine twenty, it takes. I mean, you can do it in like ten or so attempts, probably not much more. Um, the the biggest thing with it, I, I mean, it really is just. It's a it's a game of, I, I don't want to say it's a game of inches. It's a game of perfection, really, because if you mm. kind of if you miss an interrupt, you miss a cooldown, you miss a slam. Mostly, slams are really the evil part, because you stop moving and oh look now I'm going flying into the twisting nether and I just lost. Right. Uh, it, re really, it's just don't stop moving. Make sure you're getting your interrupts. Make sure you're getting your stuns and use. I mean, we we jokingly call it the angry Dave talent, but the invoke the black ox. Uh, that talent is disgustingly overpowered for that thing. Oh, because yeah. it basically, uh, it'll tank him in phase one, and then when you do it again in phase three, it'll eat to like two of the annihilates, which is ludicrously overpowered in that fight. Basically, makes the fight way way easier and pretty much a joke at this uh, point. I mean, in your in your first cam view, Peo, you are sort of like bowing to your black ox statue, so now it makes sense. It all comes to a head. I, that's oh, not yeah. even the Black Ox statue. That's no, that's just the Dave. Black Ox statue is Dave. That's just Angry Dave. Dave is, Angry, Angry Dave, Dave is the is... summonable. Oh, the summonable one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's Angry Dave. Angry just normal Dave. Dave. Oh. Normal, normal Dave is just the statue. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Is that like a, a canon thing across oh, all brewmasters? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, so like back in back in Mr. Pro I, I know where why where it started because it was in my thread on MMO Champion on my in like my guide thread. Uh, there's a guy called the Blue who was uh, I think he's kind of taking a break, um, but he used to be like really really active uh, in the monk community, and he uh, coined the not moniker uh, Dave. For the statue, and it just stuck. Hmm. So yeah, that's why we call him Dave. It was like this Pandaria-ish. Yeah, no, you can't just like say someone Black Ox statue. It's like no, you can't. You can't do that. Just call him Dave. Dave. Yeah. But now Dave, Dave. Has, now Dave has two forms. I guess that's why you have Angry Dave now. Okay. Dave I, is a Dave is a tank's best friend. I was I was really wondering about that cooldown because testing the invoke Nizao, the Black Ox effigy back in beta looked like it would do nothing it could like taunt yeah. the boss and then die but i guess in that regard for the mage tower challenge then that seems really op yeah yeah it's, so it, it's um... really overpowered because you basically just i mean it, it it doesn't really do much in raids because if it taunts a raid boss he just kind of dies really fast he's not actually all that tanky can but he he's even taunt raid enough. bosses like I, mean, I don't think he can i don't no, actually, I think I've literally I think it's never like, used him on a raid boss, yeah, so I don't actually know. I'm pretty know. sure he can't. I'm pretty sure it's just, like, maybe dungeon <laughs> bosses, but I don't even think that. I think it's, like, trash. Yeah, I think that's all he can taunt. Yeah, he used to He's... be, like, essentially Zhuen, which, um, you know, also had a taunt mechanic, but you just turned it off, and it was a DPS cooldown. Right. So this is the actual... This is, like, the first time in Warcraft, I think, where that ability and the taunt is actually, like, Really, really good. Yeah, no just, it's no actually just... relevant. Yeah, right? Well, there you go. Take Besides Angry Dave with you to the Mage Tower Challenge. 
regular Dave has some has some funny cheese though. I know you could use it. Oh, uh, yeah, he's good. You could put it down on Mythic Spellblade and it would tank the Fell Soul for you if no one e hit it. Yeah, that that came up during progression. We were like, oh wow, more reasons to bring S plus tier tanks. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, now you can just bring a Windwalker too. Oh yeah. Fair that would imply that anyone brought a Windwalker, though. Oh, oh. No. oh! I mean, I mean, oh! I don't remember how good Windwalkers were in Nighthold, but um, <laughs> I, they... I'm sorry, I had to get that little dig in. Oh. <laughs> you're making fun of your own... gonna be angry. You're making fun of your own people at this point, so I'm not. I'm gonna back away slowly. Just, <laughs> you just handle that yourself. I'm not gonna take any of that kerfuffle. But so then, stats now. How to gear for tanking. Uh, versus DPS. And there's some threads on Peak Eternity about this, mostly involving like trinkets and like sort of the, the mindset behind them. And as you opened the show with earlier about like, you know, DPS trinkets, DPS gear, DPS talents, and you're not going to die anyway because Brewmaster, to an extent. But um, so math wise, Scribe, what are what are you prioritizing? But like gems and enchants kind of deal? What are you looking for um, in your in your gearing sort of eye level versus something or what? Honestly, like with the majority of stuff, we kind of have a really loosey goosey gearing thing where it's like versatility is still pretty good. Uh, crit's pretty good. Uh, crit versus versatility in regards to actually how good it is is sort of relative because crit um, is a bit better if you have healers that heal you a little bit, but a lot. So, like, uh, heal over time and that sort of thing. It scales really nicely with that. Um, and it sort of depends on how much overhealing you get is, like, the other really big thing. Uh, where crit, if you have too much overhealing, it's not as effective as versatility. But it, you know, we've gotten less and less overhealing uh, since beta when we did the original um, through crafting on that. So you can kind of get either or and you're generally fine. Um, but, yeah, like, right now mastery is pretty good. Um, just because of how high physical damage a lot of stuff is. I mean, that's, it's just sort of just, everything's good except haste. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, a lot of, uh, a lot of defensive gearing is, so defensive gearing on Brewmaster is kind of interesting because you can tailor your stats to the damage profile a lot. So like crit and versatility are really good against high magic damage fights, but mastery obviously does nothing against magic damage aside from giving you a little bit more healing from gift of the ox orbs. Um, just through the raw AP. But like compared to something like Kill Jaden where crit's not doing a whole lot because the damage you're taking is largely auto attacks and it's largely physical damage, so you want more mastery and versatility. And basically it boils down to, it, for a general gearing sense, for both damage and for like survivability, you pretty much just take a balance of everything. Get a little bit of as much as you can because generally whichever stat you have the least of is going to be your worst stat and you want to put more in that and that goes for gems that goes for enchants just kind of gem and enchant your lowest stat and don't put any haste on anything ever avoid haste like the plague that's i mean there are a lot of little things that you get haste synergies from obviously with cooldown reductions and, and the like so there's the back end of haste and but it seems like that's a common thread with tanks is that they usually care about three stats and then not one of, of, the, of the fourth stats like, ah, which is good, right? Because if you if you only cared about one or two, like the past expansions, then you get into weird problems where certain gear and like eye level becomes irrelevant to a degree. 
But yeah, you do have built in because you, you're talking about crit and make sure we're on the same page because of Celestial Fortitude where it's a passive on you where you have a chance equal to your critical strike chance to heal for an additional 65% of the amount healed, which scales really well with HOTS because every tick has a chance to Celestial Fortitude heal you. So that's huge. And of course, Mastery, which stacks up higher amounts of your Elusive Brewer or uh, and gives you, of course, or Brawler rather, and it gives you more attack power, which is more damage. Does your orbs are based on your attack power too, right? Gift of the Ox. Yes. Yeah, attack mm -hmm. power based. So, yeah, there's all those built-in synergies there. And, of course, versatility is not bad for any tank, I'm pretty sure. So, I don't think so. Yeah. So I think we might actually be the only tank that actually likes crit, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Well, it's it's blood decays for damage, I think, about right. And then vegetative hunters yeah, for damage as well. Right. So, yeah, like they care about it in that sort of sense. But I don't think for a defensive style, they don't have anything built in like you do with Celestial Fortitude, as far as I know. No, I don't think so. The, I mean, the biggest thing with, uh, with gearing on Brewmaster is, like, your... Uh, I mean, haste is a really... It's just a really weird stat for Brewmaster because our... I mean, the 14.3% haste cap that gets thrown around in the Discord a lot is a really awkward cap because I mean above that point it's it's technically not a hard cap like we still have scaling beyond that point defensively mm -hmm. but the drop off at such a low value is so ridiculously extreme that it's just nonsensical I mean like below 8% you want haste like you have to get up to like 8 to 11% ish but that's so easy to get to that it actually becomes hard to get haste low enough that you actually have enough of other valuable stats. But on the other hand, it doesn't really all that matter all that much because eye level is so impactful for us. Because just like raw stam and armor are so much more impactful than all of our other secondary stats. I mean, you just... its I, I joke about my guild that the best in slot piece is 955 anything. Doesn't really matter what's on it. <laughs> well, you. This is the thing that 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 you suffer from as a brewmaster, the same way that Windwalker does too, and to a lesser extent, like one or two other specs in the game, which hopefully 8.0 addresses this awkward nonsense, where you don't really scale for weapons, but your weapon, you know, you're a two-hand class, and then obviously Windwalkers are a dual-wield class, but you always just want agility because of attack power. So much of your stuff chose with attack power that I had this discussion in Discord of a couple of days with a lot of my subs about like what what would they do to sort of normalize that problem that so many specs either have way too much reliance on weapon damage or way too much reliance on attack power. So we'll have to wait and see what, what 8.0 brings because it's either really beneficial or really bad. So maybe we'll do away with yeah. one or the other in the future. Everyone scales with weapons, everyone scales with attack power. You know, because casters don't have that problem. They just spell into spell power. Spell power equals spell damage. That's, that's it. But as, as melee classes, we have this back and forth with the two different systems that get confusing. Yeah, I didn't really talk about relics all that much, although I probably should because relics basically boils down to we have three good relics and those oh, relics yeah. are it. those relics are like literally eye level agnostic it doesn't matter what eye level they are you want those three traits one of those three traits yeah. and that's potent kick it's hot-blooded and it's face palm face palm for damage hot-blooded for damage reduction and potent kick for brew gen 
which Potenkick is kind of the, the redheaded stepchild of the three, but it's still mathematically. It's not even Brugen. It's uh, iron, it's purifying availability. Yeah, but it's it's freedom yeah. in your purifies basically. Yeah, it's ba- yeah, it, it's like you want defense, you want damage, or do you want your calf to be a little bit less fuzzy or a little yeah. bit more fuzzy rather? And uh, the 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 it basically. We have, I mean, I don't know if you realize this, we have literally no abilities that scale off of weapon damage. We have only auto yep. attacks. Um, so basically, adding eye levels to our weapon is adding eye levels to a badly itemized chest piece. Because yeah, it's haste mastery. And, and the side note to, to that, of course, because raising your eye level as a brewmaster will obviously give you stamina and agility, but it's not enough because those two plus potent kick relics are just so good and they yeah, have I was, I was doing some math on it earlier and uh the the rough number that i or the rough number that i found was that a, a facepalm relic for me and my gear and it scales up with gear mm-hmm. uh i can take a facepalm relic that is 77 item levels lower on my <laughs> weapon than the next best now it wait. 77 eye levels on the item or like on the weapon on the weapon so an 810 relic is better than a 955 for dps yeah um hmm <laughs> and now this i don't know what you guys are, are figuring out for the netherlight crucible though and to touch on that briefly because now you'll be able to get a hot-blooded relic base relic that might roll Facepalm, or yes. vice versa. Or, oh, that'd be the dream. That'd or, be the dream. yeah, a potent kick that rolls hot-blooded and facepalm. Oh, so no. No, good no, luck no, no, with, don't make me choose. Good luck with that. I'd, I'd choose Tiger Palm. Good, good luck with that. Or facepalm, even. It, it was confirmed, which came up early on in the Q&A about the like, Crucible. Whatever trait is on the actual relic will not roll in the three on the bottom. But that still means that you basically want one of your top three as the relic, and that relic has to roll your other top two. So, and then the third one can be whatever. It doesn't matter. So that's just going to... Mm-hmm. Good luck, math and theory crafters out there. I salute you for your, your attempt at trying to figure out relics in patch 7.3. But uh, may the RNG be ever in your favor. Because <laughs> every relic decent, is different. Uh, I actually There's... have a decent list of like how the damage works across oh. all of them. Uh, I think it's on my napkin math spreadsheet, though. But I do have something, I think, where, like, that's definitely a thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't really have anything for defense, though, just because... Oh, I do have a couple, but yeah, it's like... It's pretty much just those three, and then there's a new blackout uh, kick one that's actually not too not too bad. But um, I think that's like, actually... The Blackout Strike one is actually pretty good for damage. It's yeah, no, it's like second available. best. I think it's yeah. slightly behind Hot Blooded for damage, or maybe slightly ahead of it. It's uh, really close to Hot Blooded damage really wise. You're talking but, about Obsidian yeah. Fists, correct? No, 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 the, no, 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 no. the new darkness. one, Draft of Darkness. Yeah. Oh, the new the, one. The oh. one that was added in oh. oh, the Draft of Darkness. Okay, that's the thing. You say Blackout Strike. Relic, and there are there's two, yeah. There are well, three technically. Oh yeah, well, yeah. There's there's the one that does nothing, and then there's the crit one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there's there's this one called 
called the Transformers movie, Dark Side of the Moon. Um, well, that's Dark yeah. Over the Moon, but right, yeah, this one it does nothing basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have these two. It's it's actually, I mean, depending if you're just doing like auto attack damage, it's actually comparable to uh, the uh, gift the gift the uh, gift the ox one. Why was I thinking gift of the mist? My brain mm. is just. Weird today. Um, but yeah, let me see here. I have yeah, he... something on effective damage. Okay. Yeah, those are interesting. I mean, because basically what you're, you'll probably put together some resource, and a lot of the, the class communities will do this, is that you're going to have, if you don't already have, a hierarchy of, art, of, of traits to look for your relics, is you're basically going to be playing just darts. Where as long as you're actual relic that you're slotting in this is this is the back and forth of that thing the relic you're slotting in you want that to be one of your primary traits that you want to to bolster up to a plus one but there's the offset chance that you can get like a crappy eye level upgrade relic that's like one of your your dump traits that you're just like but it could roll all three of your bests in the free slots on tier three so it's still a win-win it's an eye level upgrade, and it goes plus one on all three of your best traits. That's why this well, system you is... To, you only get to choose one of the three, I thought. Uh, yep, that is true. Right. But you get to, then, you can turn but that crap say... relic into a plus one of your best. So you got yeah. like, you have to be on top of that weirdness. And then yeah. on top of that, it's like, for some ungodly reason, and you're just like, I actually don't feel like doing damage, and I want a little bit more survivability, you could mm -hmm. always just be like, alright, I'm gonna take it off facepalm, Put it on the hop leaded, and there you go. Right. But yeah, so the numbers I have God, here I is. actually do that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, in terms of uh, plus percent attack power, I'm getting about 26.49% for hop blooded per rank, and then 20.36% uh, for Dread of Darkness. So it's. It's, it's there. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Which, if you want to math it out that heavily, you can go that deep. But, for the most part, just stack facepalm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the, pretty much, the one yeah. Good thing about the, yeah. The one good thing about the Nether Lakers was just that it made facepalm relics so much more available. Because, Easier to get. I mean, yeah. right now we have only the three. Like, there's literally three that we can farm, and that's for Mythic Plus. There's none from raids yep. in any raid, actually. Uh, yeah, no, like, the amount... I You know, you can look at my, like brew guide on wowhead and it it's just like you look at uh i i explicitly point out all of the relevant uh all the relevant relics mm -hmm. and it's like here's all these from mythic plus here's like the one from the entirety of tuma sargeras or something like that yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's it's a bit disappointing i think every every spec has something in their gearing curve that that's from i've been Pugging or running Ivajara 15s and 16s for weeks to try to get the only haste mastery necklace in the game because hashtag blizzard itemization. So that's been fun. But anyway, tier sets. I want to move us along to tier sets now. Sort of a passing glance over our shoulder to the vestments of enveloped dissonance, your tier 19, which was solid. But so your two piece was Iron Skin Brew increases your stagger by an amount additional additional five percent, and then your four piece was Tiger Palm reduces the remaining cooldown of your brews by an additional one second. That stacks on top of its its already base reduction. And 
I bring this up, obviously you, you use this when it was a thing, but because of eye level, I assume there is no two-piece, four-piece shenanigans. You're not keeping around your iron skin brew so, two-piece, are you? Or So the, the two-piece has some, like, marginal use. Strictly speaking, in, like, a full turtle setup, like, with full defensive legendaries and stuff like that, you would ideally use four-piece tier 20 and two-piece tier 19 at a decent eye level, but most people don't go with that because you don't, need to set up that tanky for anything except really soloing maiden hammers is the only time i've used it and i didn't even use four piece tier 20 for that i just used the two piece tier 19 and the legendary helm but that's a that fight's kind of a, a special special fight there okay um there those those two piece and four piece well the four piece in particular got really really heavily devalued by adding on the iron skin brew cap um it basically made it so that that ridiculously excessive brew gen that we had before doesn't really matter all that much anymore. Okay. Because we don't actually gain all that many purifies and we don't gain purifies at meaningful times. So that the four piece kind of lost almost all of its value, except for this Chinese turtle build that we'll talk about later, I guess. But that's kind of a I I, I don't personally like that build, but it is what it is. It's been talked about a lot. Okay. So then, tier 20, then. Do you have anything to add for the tier 19 outro, or we want to move on to tier 20, Scribe? Good? No, I mean, that's pretty much it. It was a solid set. Um, it was pretty cool. Just, that, was, that was really it. <laughs> I, I can't really add anything to it. It contributed to a lot of the ridiculousness with Iron Skin Brew. <laughs> it did do that, yeah. yeah. It did do that. Because the only way you can go to 100% Stagger is with the two piece, right? I think yes. math wise on your little chart. So yeah. Yeah. Well, now yes. Yeah. Um, before before it you didn't. just needed Fort Brew. Yeah. Oh. Fort um, Brew was twenty percent instead of ten. It was it was twenty percent and um, Iron Skin Brew was forty percent. Now it's only thirty five. Right. So you're decked out in tier 20 now, or if you're like me, you only got your tier 24 piece literally this reset because Maiden's funny. <laughs> but Zhuen's battle gear, your two-piece, you're consuming a brew as a 40% chance to generate a gift of the ox healing sphere. Mm -hmm. And your four-piece is when the gift of the ox healing sphere is consumed, your current stagger amount is lowered by 5%. So this sort of came up before the break, in a little bit of the uh, the back and forth here, but so it's RNG additional healing plus a possibility to hugely dump your stagger, which you debunked earlier because it's always five percent of current, no other nonsense or additive, you know, parts of that. So, and how does how does Yuen's battle gear work in raids from your perspective, Peo? Because you you're the one getting hit in I the mean, face right now. Yeah, it basically, I mean, it's a nice bonus. Um, it, it's not hugely impactful. Really, the biggest benefit of it is that in the situations where you would use Expel Harm or where you need the healing, it's basically free purifying. Um, so, I mean, the the same situations where you want to use Expel Harm is usually right after a large hit or something like that. Also happen to be the same situations where you usually would want to purify. So it's just a really nice complement to, to how we already use our healing spheres. In addition to the fact that healing spheres can't actually be wasted, they just, when they expire, they heal you. So it also 
if you're even if you're not con actively consuming them, it's still just passive reduction in damage taken. So I mean, it it works out. It's actually a really nice uh, set bonus overall. It works out to a nice amount of passive damage reduction as well as being uh, just a, uh, a, a an extra benefit whenever you have to use expel harm or after taking burst damage that alleviated a lot of our purifying concerns with the cha with the patch. Even even the set bonus, I guess you know, you say it. it works out fine if it's not something that's like super overpowered or whatever at least you have that going for you because i was going to say if, if there was anything wrong with this set bonus then it's trumped by the fact that it looks real nice <laughs> oh it's it's one of my favorite uh, uh monk sets in the game actually like it's so good i, I think i talked about this in either the the pre-show or the behind the scenes or something I just wish they would stop doing the giant glowing balls on mug sets thing. That's nah, just... no, nah, that's 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 our <laughs> thing, man. You gotta live with it. Oh, this one we'll talk about tier twenty one in a minute. The Zhuen's battle gear oh. isn't. I mean, the necklace is fine and the shoulders are good. I, I think the the oversized orange balls, well, at least from the the mythic set, right, the blue and gold, which does look real good. On the the belt is kind of eh. Those could have not been there. That's is, kind of isn't that mythic? I think that's uh, Alliance PvP actually. Oh, the blue is it really? What's what's the mythic coloration? Uh, the mythic one is sort of more. I want to say Zhuenyi. Yeah, I think it's the white one, isn't it? I don't. Yeah, remember. I don't use the transmog, so I don't remember what it looks like. Well, the, the uh, previews we have here, I don't think we even have. That's all a the normal one. Yeah, it's the normal one. I don't think I have the blue. To be honest, oh, I don't think the... I have the blue. The mythic is the white one. The white and green. Hmm. Because I don't have... I think it's slightly different. I don't have no, I all don't of the colors, yeah. That's still really good. Remember. Regardless. Just yeah, no. I, I brought this up on the, on the Windwalker was the first show we started talking about this. Is Not only do you have, like, cat claws on your gloves, you have the first set that has, like, shoulder pads. Or elbow pads, sorry. Elbow pads. That are that, That's so wicked cool. Yeah, no. Legion's done a lot of really cool stuff with, like... The models and the fact that we actually have unique uh, models that aren't just like the standard sets that we've had for a very long time. I'm I'm really happy with it. Yeah, I don't think I have all the colors because I think there's like eight colors of every set right now or something ridiculous. Because there's an offset and then there's four difficulties and there's PVE Horde and Alliance. So yeah. yeah, I don't think I have all the colors here. But regardless, does your beard break? I didn't notice that in your pictures. Actually, does your beard break with the? Is that why you don't like the, <laughs> all the I, big I deliberately orange? do I deliberately do the clipped beard because it breaks so many helms <laughs> on a dwarf. <laughs> oh, so you do? Oh, okay. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> Art trolling. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that is true. That's unfortunate about those kind of aesthetics, but... Is there any other math you wanted to end cap with... Um... The tier 20 or, or ways to use it effectively or anything that I mean you talked about like standing in the wall kind of deal because now not only can you juggle orbs with yeah, like the 35 percent corner tanking <clears throat> because you obviously can force orbs to spawn with obstinate determination sort of if you're risky but then you have the every time you hit a brew you have a chance to get an orb but those aren't the same orbs right no, no, no. It's a completely separate thing. Obstinate okay. Determination is... So actually, each variant of orbs essentially has their own ID. So, oh. for example, the 
it gets the, really messy. I don't even remember the name of the the gift of the ox uh, trait overflow. That was it. Yeah, um, overflow actually because it it's basically a double orb. Um, it actually has its own uh, spell ID as well. So each type of orb has its own unique ID, uh, okay. and so they behave a little bit differently depending on the thing. It's mostly the obstinate determination one that has the unique behavior of always spawning on your right, at least in terms of what I remember. But yeah, yeah. no, they're the only ones that spawn on, only on the right. But I mean, it makes it makes for some really funny shenanigans. Uh, I actually soloed a fifteen uh, tyrannical morose just by sitting in the corner up where like his tables are just like sitting there against the wall because he can't actually burst me low enough to never have uh, healing orbs heal me back above 35. Huh. So, I mean, I'm sitting there doing like 900,000 HPS for no good reason and basically taking no damage. That seems fine. That, that That's why you have, <laughs> that's why you have orbs all over your gear because you could do that nonsense. That's why. clearly. Yeah. 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 Like slight PSA on that. You do kind of need to have a good, um, incoming damage uh, setup where you can actually do that. It's You can't just do that on everything because you need to have the environment set up. You need to have the damage incoming uh, yeah, enable it. It. Be, it needs to be low enough that it won't burst you so low that a healing orb doesn't get you back above 35%. Yep. So, I mean, Morose works out just because there's nothing that really bursts you. It's just all... It's like a bunch of mobs auto-attacking you. So... Yeah, you never pretty really, much. Uh, with the no internal cooldown on it, you never get burst low enough for it to matter okay yeah you, you can't it, it's one of those things where it's like it sounds really really good and when you can use it it's really really good but kind of temper the field a little bit there are it's not like a universally usable uh uh cheesy strat that you can just implement whenever you want there there are certain limitations all right then and to uh, to bring up a sore subject, at least with Peo, uh, tier twenty one is on the horizon, and not, oh, that's my sore subject. Well, <laughs> not not the set bonus. Well, you have, okay. So Scribe has the set okay, bonus well, as a sore yeah. subject, <laughs> and then Peo has the actual design of it. All right, perfect. So Chiji's battle gear is up next, and sort of to, to future proof a little bit. Granted, this could change on the PTR. We're sort of later into the PTR cycle, so we're not sure if it'll change or not. So this may have actually go live, but it seems God, like I Blizzard is live. <laughs> Blizzard is obviously <laughs> on this, um, uh, making the uh, set bonuses about the different um, mop aspects, basically. So you have Chiji next up, Chiji's battle gear, where <clears throat> your two piece. These are really exciting, by the way. Ready. Breath of Fire has a 100% chance to generate an additional stack of Elusive Brawler for each target hit, so it doubles the passive effect of Breath of Fire. And your four pieces, when you dodge an attack, you have a 25% chance to reset the cooldown of Breath of Fire. It, it's really, really bad. Like, there's no real ifs or buts about it. It's pretty bad. Um, I mean, the, the biggest thing about it is... We don't have rotational room to use the resets except on like mass AoE where we'll basically just spam Breath of Fire forever. Mm -hmm. And the extra stacks, I mean, three stacks is a guaranteed dodge at my current mastery level. So three stacks with Bruce Dash, which is the 10% dodge thing, is a guaranteed dodge. So that means that 
Breath of Fire on one target is now two stacks. So against the slow swing speed target, I could get 100% dodge with just gaming or gaming my globals a little bit so that I get Breath of Fire or a Blackout Strike or something. Blackout like, Strike and Breath of could, Fire, just do it at the same time, and there you go. Boom. Yeah. I mean, you could already do that. There's a couple abilities you could do that with Entomb, like the Scythe Sweep on a Demonic Inquisition. You can force a dodge on that every time, so you never get the 20 Torment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there, I mean, there's like there's a few abilities like that existing already. Uh, Mythic Plus is a lot of notable ones, like the third boss of Black or Cold, the charge that he does. Uh, is actually dodgeable, so you can soak every single one as a brewmaster. In oh. addition to the fact that because of stagger, he never actually gains energy because it's based on his damage done post absorbs. So uh. that boss actually just has no mechanics if you have a brewmaster tank. <laughs> I don't think I ever did on the brewmaster. Huh? That's weird. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um. There, there's a there's a lot of cheesy stuff like that with getting really high dodge values. Um. But like on one target. We just don't have any rotational room to use the extra Breath of Fire cast. I mean, the legendary chest makes it so that we have a completely static rotation. Like, there's no procs, there's nothing like that. It is 100% set in stone for the entire fight uh, if you have the legendary chest. And so it, it's 100% GCD locked. It's 100% set in stone. There's no place for those procs anywhere. I mean, it Someone... might make it so that we take off the legendary chest and just use the Breath of Fire resets where we would use them from the Keg Smash resetting Breath of Fire. But I mean it's it's just mm -hmm. a it's just an awkward set right now that doesn't really have any benefit to us. Yeah, so to actually uh say something on that, uh someone I don't remember who did it, but someone jokingly made a cast sequence macro for Brewmasters. And while you can't realistically use it because fights just don't allow for it. You could essentially do that, put it on like mouse wheel, and then it'll just work. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's yeah. a cast sequence macro floating around that if you have high enough haste is actually the optimal way to play Brewmaster. Like, it's following yep. the rotation in that cast sequence macro. Yeah, it's like a seven I mean, second. It's, it's if you have like seven second cooldown on Keck Smash. Yeah. Uh, that's gross. I don't like hearing about that. I mean, obviously, it's probably yeah not really recommended. But outside of that icky sticky at the end there, and the set bonus being kind of gross, the uh, the set looks really good though. Except Peo doesn't like the balls, but <laughs> lewd. But we, I mean, we agree on this before we were. I was getting these assets before the show started, and the hat looks fantastic. Hat is great. The, With the, the little scarf. Yeah, with the little scarf around. Yep, but the uh, I think we we all sort of agreed that the 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 floating chi balls on the knee pads, which obscure the chiji beaks, and on the bracers, just look. I think the shoulders being just chi orbs is neat, but I think Blizzard was like, you know what, six isn't enough. Let's put five more on there, because even the belt I guess is fine, even though it's like a WWE belt again, where it like sticks off your your belly like. You know, half a foot. Look, that I'd, just I'd like that just means that, that. I'd like to Sorry. point out that that belt is almost as long as her torso. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Yep. <laughs> I it, mean, look, you just you, brewmasters are just clearly the best wrestlers in the world. So, you know, that's why we get those. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've seen some of those plate belts. <laughs> True. 
Very true. It's just, the knee pads just get me. I'm, I'm going through different race combinations right now, and it's just the, the knee pads. I just don't know why they have to have orbs on them. I mean, maybe for symmetry or something, but the Chi-Gi yeah. like, beak knee pads look so badass. And then they put these big red orbs sitting in front of its face. I don't know. I would have definitely preferred more like a gem sort of thing like you have with the belt, where it's still right. a G-orb, but it's more inside the armor rather than floating on top of it. Right. I right. think that would also make the uh, the gloves look a lot better too. Yeah. Like it in so it was inlaid, not floating above. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that would be a bit these, nicer. This is the mythic set, I believe, the red. So it obviously has some yeah, some variation. Oh, that's just a naked dwarf. There we go. Because the other sets have what you're talking about. Like not looking at the mythic set. Like the orbs are in the models. Like on the bracers and the knee pads, so that looks a lot better. And the hat isn't as ridiculous, so yeah, I think that looks so much better. I, I showed the mythic set off first because of I, that. I do agree that it looks better, but yep. I, I still don't like the giant orbs in the gloves and the uh, feet there. How does an undead look? Actually, I'm curious. An undead with it? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Let's do undead male. Looks fine to me. At least the set that isn't the mythic version. <laughs> his belt's got to cut into his hunched over torso a little bit, but... Yeah, actually, that looks pretty good. Like, the gloves, I always... I felt like the gloves and the boots felt a little bit too thick on some of the models. That actually looks pretty good. Oh, like, I, I didn't notice this. Look at the... The, <laughs> yeah. the, um, the boots are kind of like... The knee pads don't line up the same way because they're bony knees. They're just like shin pads now. I guess that's one thing, but that's a good looking set. I think the hat is the the best part of it. I think this hat's gonna stick around oh, yeah. for a while in the in the monk transmog wardrobe. That's a great a great uh, monk hat. It's really good. Yeah, providing you can get like uh, good color symmetry. Actually, that would probably look really nice on uh, on top of like the uh, Mr. Pandaria challenge mode set. No, I think about it. Probably wouldn't look too bad. Maybe. Well, hopefully some tweaks happen to your Tier 21 before it actually goes live, because, like, the two-piece functionally works, but the four-piece is the problem. Yeah, the, the four-piece four is pretty much just, place. like... The four-piece is basically a DPS boost. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't. it's not even a DPS boost on one target, though. You just have nowhere to use yeah. it. No, on like, one target, you don't have anywhere to use it, but, like, on multi-target, yeah. I could see... I could see... The basis of an argument of saying, yeah, let's let's use this for for DPS. But again, it's one of those things of like, hold up, let's let's figure <laughs> that out a little bit more. So let's let's step back here a bit. So let's step forward instead to sort of the giant meat of this section of the show before we get to like the nitty gritty and bring in some chat questions. Peo, you want to walk me through? I'm not going to walk through legendaries as specifically, like give certain shout outs or whatever. I'm going to point real quick to the page. There's a gigantic page on Pika Serenity where it walks through every legendary, the priorities for them, the uses for them, and a whole bunch of information about it, the power in each of the Brewmaster legendaries. You can go find that on Pika Serenity. So interchanging all of that, I do want to make sure we sort of bring up like what has Brewmaster sort of found works the best right now? And I want to ask, like, what, how are you, you spec'd most of the time? What are your talent layouts looking like for what you're doing in, in the mythic rating scene and stuff like that, Pale? Like, what do you suggest 
Brewmaster Monk's play? Um, I mean, for damage, the legendaries are not even a choice. Like, you pretty much use uh, either chest shoulders or chest trinket, depending mm -hmm. on if it's single target or AoE. Single target, you want to use chest trinket. And it also depends on what your off pieces are. Because if you have, like, really garbage shoulders, chest shoulders might be better on single target anyway. Okay. But, I mean, that's those are pretty much set in stone for what's the best offensively. I also really like them just because the rotation flows a lot better with them, but that's a, that, that's just quality of life stuff. Um, in terms of defensively, Jewel of the Lost Abbey is pretty much unquestionably the best defensively, except for a few specific situations like Mythic Maiden. Um, really, we don't have a bad legendary, except Firestone Walkers. Those are flaming hot garbage. They're a giant dumpster fire. Um pretty much you never there's no situation where you ever want to use them uh but i mean aside from firestone walkers all of our legendaries have some situation where they are conceivably the best legendary to use um the chest is kind of lackluster defensively now but it's still the best offensively shoulders don't really do anything defensively but they're one of the best offensively and everything else is at the very least, situationally strong, which I think is better than most classes can say. Um, we really only have one that's kind of like a trash tier legendary. Yeah. Uh, in terms that... of talents and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, blackout combo is pretty much the standard. Uh, high tolerance is the the defensive option in that row. Everything else is pretty much set in stone. Um, the, the talent builds that are on Peak of Serenity are pretty much the standard. You run either, at the, in the last tier, you run either Blackout Combo or High Tolerance. High Tolerance being a great damage-smoothing talent, but you give up a lot of DPS for it. So, I mean, it's a trade-off. The, the, both of them are. Um, high Tolerance hasn't really been needed on a lot of Frog after the first, like, two weeks, once we get a little bit, of, or once I got a little bit of gear. I haven't really felt that much need for it. There's definitely arguments to be made for it when you're undergeared and things like that. It's by no means a bad talent. It's just I haven't felt the need to play more defensively except on, like, Mythic Maiden again, where you're solo soaking hammers, but that's a special case. Um, I don't remember if I logged out in my Maiden gear, but I'm pretty sure I logged out in pretty much the standard gear that I use for everything, which doesn't really change that much, which is basically just four-piece tier 20 shoulders and chest, because... I mean, by and large, you don't need the defensive options right now. They're not, they're, they're strong, but our baseline damage mitigation and baseline uh, damage smoothing is so powerful that you don't really need them. Um, oh, as, as I'm looking at the talent tree right here, the other, the other thing is just changing between Mystic Vitality and Dampen Harm, depending on the, the damage profile and what's going on. But that's a, that's a fight to fight change. That's not really a, uh, play style thing mm -hmm. so what, what else fills in the other gaps then like what, what like a what, what what's your build you're running right now for example um i of the tiger and then the second row pretty much just run whatever you like whichever is best i prefer cheat torpedo but i mean some people like tigers less some people like celerity there's it, not really I mean, the best option among them it's they, they don't call it spend to win for nothing um, if you have a blood decay, you take tires less. Otherwise, you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in, in the talent, in the next talent row, you take Black Ox Brew in pretty much every single situation. Um, Gift of the Mist has a place, obviously, in the Turtle build, but the Turtle build is not really needed anywhere this tier. Um, uh, 
the the tier with Ring of Peace and Black Ox Statue and Leg Sweep and that stuff is just situational. It's just depending on what you need. Usually you just default to Black Ox Statue because it's pretty useful in most situations. Um, but, I mean, Ring of Peace and Leg Sweep both have their uses. They're just depending on what you want. Do you want a stun? Do you want a displacement? Do you want grouping for mobs? And Rushing Jade Wind is the best talent in almost all situations, except if a fight is 45 seconds or less, then you take Angry Dave, because his burst damage is a little insane. Oh. So short. But, I mean, okay. not many fights are 45 seconds or less. Sure. <laughs> I mean, so, like, like Mythic Plus and stuff like that, though, you know, Angry Dave, I suppose, has use there, but after that... But, I mean, like Mythic Plus... Yeah, in yeah, Mythic okay. Plus, you'd usually take Rushing Jade Wind anyway, just for That's the trash true. damage. That's true, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. It's pretty much just, like, face-rolling old content. You'd use it if you're, for whatever reason, chasing ranks in, like, Emerald Nightmare now. But, I mean, it's... Yeah, they're they're pretty... Pretty much, that, that build is set in stone. Um, okay. You don't really change it that much, aside from Mystic Vitality or Dampen Harm and Blackout Combo or High Tolerance. So Eye of the Tiger still remains the 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 go to. I know they tried to to bring Chi Wave up recently, but is that is just, is Chi Wave and Chi Burst adding spells just not something that you can doesn't work? Chi Burst is Chi Burst is good okay. if you have enough targets that it's worth pushing something else out of your rotation. Okay. I think it's like five ish targets it becomes worth casting mm -hmm. on cooldown. Chi Wave is just we don't have rotational room for it, and it's not that much more damage. So yeah, and then the other, uh, sorry, the other thing too is that um, Chi Wave just it's just not reliable healing um, because it's four heal bounces and four damage bounces, right? right. So the four damage bounces are probably going to go on the boss if you're doing like a, a boss thing or if you're doing like a mythic plus thing. You know, it's like one of the guys you're tanking right now. But in terms of self-healing capacity, it's very random whether you're going to get all four or if it's going to go on like a melee or whatever. You pretty much – you can't really rely on it as a self-healing tool unless you're doing solo content, in which case why are you really bothering with talents that much? Mm -hmm. I, I of the Tiger also has the fringe benefit that uh, the dot tick procs things that proc on ranged abilities, which means that we have a couple funky trinkets that are yeah. strong for us. I was going to bring that up <laughs> as the side, because dots for any spec are coded as ranged attacks, yep. Yeah, so yep. the we have Breath of Fire and Keg Smash and Eye of the Tiger that'll proc any trinket that procs on ranged ability. Mm -hmm. So actually, uh, like the deteriorated construct core from Karazhan is one of our best trinkets on AoE. I've uh, heard about one, that. Um, another one is actually Spectral Thurible. And, uh, yeah, there, there's there's a couple funky trinkets for Brewmaster that end up being really strong for damage for non-intuitive reasons. You could, I mean, essentially, you could also use a Aran's Relaxing Ruby, then. Yeah, that yep. actually was best until they nerfed it. <laughs> uh, don't... I was so ready for that because it was looking so juicy for Enhancement Shaman. And then they took the, the melee RPPM nerf bat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The blanket, like, modifier RPPM nerfs. Because obviously it works just fine proccing-wise because of the abilities that count for it. But, yep. Too bad. Oh, I have a... I have a whole big... Uh, that That's kind of a... The, the RPPM nerfs and the nerfs for 
specs that aren't quote unquote supposed to use those trinkets is kind of a sore subject for me because mm. it means the tanks really have no good trinkets from any raid right now. They, well, that, that that I mean, you you really be right into trinkets here, right? And I, I put in here as I ask every single tank, and it's it's listed. There's information about this, of course, on Pika Serenity. But to get your opinions on on this. Is the meta for tanks, at least in Brewmaster's case, still just like Dark Moon deck and then a stats deck, or I guess Dark Moon deck and Archimon? Is that? It's. I mean, our two I don't best, think so as much anymore. Like our two it, best. It used to be, but yeah. Yeah, our two best defensively is now. Uh, well, for just general use case, I say because you can tailor trinkets to the encounter really, really heavily to get specific ones being really strong. But our general use is like dark moon deck immortality and writhing heart of darkness from uh dark heart thicket because it just i mean rushing jade wind means that we basically we have so many dots and so many other things that we basically have permanent three stacks on every target oh the the tooltip for writhing heart of darkness is kind of broken so it says you're yeah. damaging critical strikes reduce the damage the target deals to you by a percentage for six seconds up to three stacks yeah, at uh, nine ten, I think it's eight point two percent, which is pretty substantial. How long? And is it does the, scale with item level. How long does the debuff stay on the target? It's a hundred percent uptime. That's what because oh. we have so many damaging events in AOE, we can have it up on every target passively, basically. Ooh, and it's crit too. So I mean, like, pfft. yeah. I didn't even know this trinket was like a thing, to be honest. Again, I don't know all the tanks and now. This is crazy. Yeah, it says on the Pickers Trinity, the defensive value of the debuff at three stacks is equivalent to 6,000 versatility at eye level only at 880. And we can get trinkets right now that are ridiculous. Yeah, 910 plus or whatever. Pfft. Dang. Yep. I mean, 910 flat for Mythic 15 is totally doable every week. You just farm it. Yeah. Dang. But yeah, defensively, those two are pretty much the kings. And then other trinkets are used kind of situationally. Um, like, I, I think he has it broken up by category. There's like passive trinkets and then yes. extra cooldown trinkets and stuff like that. Yep, it's all here. Yeah, the special mentions of the Fang of Tychondrius. Ah! But unfortunately, they have an update here is of 725. Leech no longer is, is no longer unaffected by Necrotic, so it's very niche. Too bad. That's, this trinket was so good before they nerfed Leech. Damn. Yeah. In yeah, terms of its, really uh, nice yeah. In terms of its solo capacity, actually, it's pretty good for the, uh, uh, for the challenge mode thing. The it's true. Mage it's in, tower. It's in there yeah. too. Yeah. It's in there too. Mm -hmm. So really guys, nice, really nice write up about all of that. But I guess that leads to the nitty gritty, which is the sort of the end cap of the show here. So if Chad has any questions, you can feel free to sort of weave them in to the show right now. We have a little bit of time. We're basically at like the two minute, the two, sorry, to the two hour mark right now. But um, the open-ended discussion topic that I wanted to bring up between the two of you was proactive versus reactive tanking and like which is better in Legion. And obviously the writing's on the wall because bears and brewmasters and now to a, a new extent, Blood Decay are the best tanks. But they're basically shield tanks, heal tanks, and hybrid tanks. Brewmasters and bears fall into hybrids. Heal tanks are obviously vengeance and blood, and shield tanks are prot and prot. And I, I six tanks in the game now. Describe from your like 
understanding and building of all this math and stuff that you've done just for Brewmaster. Like, how does that compare to what Blizzard has to... Because it looks like the balancing backend of Blizzard trying to make Brewmaster work is ridiculous compared to, like, I put up Shieldblock. I put up SOTR. That's all they do in comparison to the, the, the ridiculousness that's all baked into Brewmaster. So what do you think of, like, the hierarchy of how tank balance works in Legion? Um... <laughs> I mean, it kind of goes back to sort of personal design philosophies and that sort of thing where I personally feel that it's it's not as much about necessarily balancing numbers as much as it is like – I mean, that that's obviously a thing. But when I think about how tanks function and what that means with regards to what our, uh, what our goals are, I just feel like – you know, you, you have it set up as, you know, shield, heal, other. I actually think of it more as, um, like, uh, preventative versus reactive mm-hmm. is just sort of my dichotomy. And just kind of thinking about, you know, the times that I've been tanking and paying attention to tank metas when I've uh, no longer been able to raid for various reasons. Um, preventative tanks are just mechanically and from a design perspective, the stronger tank because you have this natural capacity to just say, okay, I'm going to die if I don't do something about this hit. I'll just use my active mitigation and now I'm not going to die. Whereas a, uh, a, a reactive tank then has to think, okay, so this is going to kill me maybe – and if I survive, then I can do that. If, if you're talking about, like, extremes of damage, right? Right. But it's a thing of, like, as a tank, my job is to smooth out my damage as much as possible so that I'm easy to heal and so that healers can then focus on the raid. I feel like I can do that job far easier if I'm then actually smoothing that damage as opposed to being able to heal through it. And blood decays are obviously really strong right now. But I think that's more of in spite of their kit rather than because of it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I would I would kind of agree on that point. I think that um, a lot of the, the problems with tank balance right now comes down to each spec has pretty clearly defined strengths and weaknesses and where the the kind of perceived overpowered specs come out is... I mean, we talked about or we talked about bears in the behind the scenes podcast. The reason the bears are so strong right now is the bears don't really have a a defined weakness that exists in current fight design. I mean, they're ostensibly their weakness is high sustained magic damage with the loss of Mark Reversal, but there's no fight where that happens. So that we're left in a situation where bears don't have a real weakness in um, current fight design. So they're just kind of strong at everything. And when all when the encounters all play to the strengths of one tank versus the other, I feel like encounter design is a lot more impactful on tank dis- on tank balance than on any other spec, really. I mean, there's a few outliers, like Shadow Priests really suffer from movement fights. But by and large, tank design and damage profiles and things like that um, are really, really... Like, tank design and encounter design are really have really heavy interplay that I don't think... I mean, it feels like this tier in particular, Blizzard has not really been uh, great at communicating between those two teams and kind of making it so that every tank has has fights that they are maybe stronger at and weaker at others. 
Um, I mean, this tier is obviously better than Nighthold. Nighthold had really heavy extremes because of all the magic damage. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's uh, the the reason that a lot of or that one tank generally becomes stronger than the others is not even necessarily because of numbers reasons. I mean, Blood Decay is kind of strong in spite of their weaknesses because their numbers are really high right now. Their self healing is really high. Their effective health is really high. Yep. Um, so that's kind of a case where numbers have kind of trumped design a little bit. Um, but by and large, like the reason the Brewmasters aren't absurd right now is because there's no fight like Mythic Odin where there's a single huge tank hit that has to be mitigated. I mean, Felclaws to an extent, but Felclaws is spread out enough that it's still threatening to a Brewmaster. It's actually really nice in that regard from a design perspective, and I really like it. Um, but like, if there was another fight, say, in the next tier where you had like, uh, Glacian's Decimate or whatever it was or Mythic Odin's Spear you'll suddenly see Brewmaster shooting up in priority yeah. for the entire tier because you want one for that last boss. Mm, okay. Yeah, that, that brings like a chat question right into this one is how do you handle Felclaws that are suggestions for handling Felclaws because that that always comes up like you brought up those huge immediate ones but then Felclaws is the new the new hotness end tier boss is there anything you can give out there to brewmasters that may be having trouble with that mechanic um there's kind of two ways to deal with it and it depends on the comfort of your healers and the comfort of you as a player and your gear level and stuff like that um i mean absolutely if you're struggling with the fight run dark moon deck immortality it's a disgusting trinket a truly disgusting trinket for that fight um but aside from that, um, depending on your level of comfort and things like that, uh, you would absolutely run Dampen Harm regardless, because you can Dampen Harm every other set of Felclaws throughout the fight, pretty much. I think it's every other or every third. I forget how it works out, but the intermissions make it kind of fuzzy. Um, plan out your cooldowns in advance. That's just a general tank thing. So plan out your cooldowns, run Dampen Harm for the extra cooldown, and depending on what your last tier talent is, changes how you handle it a bit. With high tolerance, you have a bit more purifying power available because of the extra haste. Um, so make sure you obviously keep Iron Skin Brew up and purify it the third, like basically the third and fifth hits. You basically want to purify after those to kind of smooth out the damage intake. Um, I mean, healers obviously need to be on the ball through the whole thing. But the other one is if your healers are strong and can give you a lot of on-demand healing throughout Foeclaws, um, running blackout combo and actually pausing your stagger for the fourth and fifth hits of fell claws and then purifying after the fifth. So you take the third and then right before the fourth, you would blackout strike iron skin brew that pauses your stagger ticks for the next two hits. So you're still accumulating stagger, but it's not actually ticking on you for damage. Um, and then after the fifth one, you would purify after that to deal with it. Ooh. Okay. So there's kind of, there's kind of two ways to deal with it. I personally, I mean, I go for, I'm obviously at this point going for damage because I'm pretty heavily overgeared for it. Right. So I just run blackout combo on it. That's that's a weird mechanic too. We didn't really talk a lot about the blackout combo pausing stagger uh, like windows. That's a neat one to bring up. Yeah, because I believe Kill Jaden's got a is he a one point? It's like one point eight second swing timer. It's not it's two, actually second. two second. Is it, it two, is seconds two seconds hard? Okay. So I heard it was like right under two, but it may have been a latency thing or like intermittency in that. So yeah, if you if you pause on the fourth, the fifth hits you, and you still don't have stagger damage ticking. So then yeah, you could purify right after that. That's neat. 
Yeah, so it, it, it makes the mechanic a lot easier to handle because the 4th and 5th are basically where all of the, the threatening damage of it come in. I mean, Blood Decays do a similar thing with Rune Tap on the 4th and 5th. Okay. How about... Oh, well, we, we answered that earlier about why the Ox statue is called Dave, so you can peek that early if you've missed it. But um, we didn't go over. What is the Chinese build... That has come up. That, so this uh, is, yeah, this has come up in the the Discord a lot. This is a uh, so the, there's kind of an Asian meta that's different from the U.S. and European meta for brewmasters. Mm -hmm. um, I personally don't like this build. I don't think it plays well to brew strengths. But basically, what the build is is it's focused around really ridiculous amounts of brew generation and a ton of purifying. Um, so you actually run T19 four set and T22 piece. Um, and you run Black Ox Brew, High Tolerance, and really high haste, and triple potent kick relics. So you get a ton of purifies throughout the fight. Um, and you run the legendary belt that heals you whenever you purifying brew for a portion of the purified damage. It's meant to be a really, really, I mean, turtle-focused build. Um, I'm, I personally really don't like it. Uh, I don't think it actually plays to Brewmaster Strengths really well because it kind of, the the amount of purifying that you actually do um, inherently unbalances are normally very even damage intake. So even though it's lower, it tends to be less consistent and less predictable, um, which is why I don't like it. Although it is really, really strong at dealing with high bursts of damage. Um so it's it it's it does have some merit. It's just not something that I think has a place in current fight design or in current uh, really in tune. Okay. It's funny that that I don't know if I guess I don't keep a finger on the pulse in that regard to hear about that stuff. I guess the tanking shenanigans that other regions may build, mostly that the Asian regions of the game might be a little more prevalent in like you know eyebrow raising than a dps one because normally dps just comes down to numbers and you just palette build these legendaries etc but that's an interesting version of com combining legendaries which are basically just talents on gear and a talent build and relics that all feed into like one specific thing which does change that really would change how the spec would play compared to what we do over here, the the classic style we have, or whatever we develop right here on the, our side of the pond. So that is interesting. I didn't. I don't hear about that from a DPS spec, but that's it's really really interesting to see. You should yeah, it kind um, of made waves in the peak Discord for a little bit because it was a uh, one of the the guy who I guess uh, authored it, who was the the premier Chinese theory crafter, kind of came over and started arguing for it. And, yeah. Now, I guess the interesting side of this with the Netherlight Crucible, it's not to bring up that nonsense again. You could almost hybridize that build with actually stacking like facepalm relics and then get three potent kicks as well. So you could have sort of both builds combined. So I don't, I don't know. You guys can figure that out <laughs> in the future here when 7-3 lands. But it's impossible since you basically every relic has two traits on it instead of just yeah. one. There's there's going to be a lot of interesting permutations to look at with that coming out. And yeah. some of that has already been started, but I don't know 
how much of it has actually been published and that kind of stuff. But hmm. I mean, there's there's definitely been some talk about it. Most people are just kind of assuming, and probably rightly so, that we're just going to take facepalm and hot blooded for every slot as much as we can. But right, there, yeah, there's probably. there's some discussion to happen. We'll have to wait and see how that works out. But I think we're at about time. But I want to give you both a little bit of like shout out soapboxy time if you would if you would like. So if you have any shout outs you want to give into the community out there, or anyone in particular, and then of course if you have any any like end cap rant you wanna you wanna go with, Scry, we'll post one to you first. Okay. What do you, what do you got? Oh, well, uh, shout out to uh, Calligraphy on the Monk Discord for just being being a cool person. Just, just love you, girl. Yeah, kind of cool person. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> She's a pretty cool person. Um, shout out to uh, Salaricia of the Warriors. If you're watching this, uh, I know you're jealous of uh, that thing back there. It's okay. I've got it. It's fine. Um, in terms of a soapboxy thing, oh, man. I, uh, I, just, I, I, I just can't get over the, the Breath of Fire change. The, the Breath of Fire change... Is just so. It, it feels very contradictory to what it's trying to do, which is provide a defensive benefit on an AOE capacity for Breath of Fire more so than just Hot Blooded. But, like, I'm going to quote you some wonderful little numbers here. Um, so, without the Tier 21 set, but with Sal Salabim, right, using the admittedly ballparkish numbers that I have, um, you will mitigate an average of 8.63% additional damage with black uh, with uh, with uh, Breath of Fire on a single target. So 8.63 with Salabim with kind of standardish uh, stats, kind of on the lower end. For one target, that's 8.63. For four targets, it's 1.35. So you're looking at over four times the effectiveness on single target compared to AOE. And then when you get to like, uh, you know, nine enemies, it's 0.27. It's 0.27. It's so negligible. And I remember I was playtesting it and it was just like, okay, so am I actually feeling you know, the difference, is this actually noticeable? I didn't really notice anything, but I thought, well, you know what, that might just be because there's just been a lot of rebalancing and that sort of thing. And then I just do the math and it's like, no, this actually is negligible damage that's going on. And I actually, um, I tested to see what if it didn't actually provide any AOE benefit at all. And the craziest thing was that when I did that, it was, I think it was like 0.5% less damage taken on a single target or something like that. It was, again, negligible amount of damage reduced. Or no, it was it, on two targets, it was 0.5. Or was it one? It was something. It was really little, is the point. Because um, it wouldn't be on one enemy. But yeah, no, it, it's just, it would have been almost as good if it didn't have any AoE functionality compared to what it has right now. And that's just because it will only ever guarantee one dodge ever. Right. Just period. You're the 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 exacerbation point of this is that you're like the the base 
change to where the fire isn't bad. It's just that they're focusing the tier 21 around it, and it just has very little actual effectiveness for Breath of Firing more targets. It just doesn't really do anything. Yeah, so yeah. with regards to tier 21 bonus, it actually, with Sal Celebim, 25% mastery, 15% base dodge, 15% uh, haste, you actually get 14.02% on a single target, and then 1.35% on four targets. So you're looking at, again, an excessive amount of dodge on single target from an AoE ability, and then pretty much nothing um, on actual AoE. And it's one of those things where I, you know, I've been thinking about it, and I can't really find a way to redesign it in my in my head, which again, admittedly, you know, I'm relatively new to this. I, I have a degree in game design. I've made games, but I don't have as much experience as uh, Blizzard devs, just by the nature of me just starting in the workforce. But like, I can't think of a way to solve this problem other than reverting the changes, bringing uh, Hot-Blooded back up to where it was before, um, changing the mastery or finding something different there's just i don't i don't know how it can maintain its current setup and still seem like it's an aoe friendly ability and tool i just mm -hmm. i i'm just not seeing it and i i wish i could yeah because maybe there's something i'm missing but i don't i don't think i am and i just i don't know it's it's messy it's weird and I wish it was. I wish it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Peo, what do you have? What do you have? Any shout outs in the uh, little little soapbox? Do you have anything you want to end with? Uh, I I pretty much just want to give a shout out to uh, to my guild Envy and to the Peak Discord. If any of you are still watching now, what like two hours and twenty minutes in? <laughs> um, my my. I mean my my little soapbox thing is pretty much just. Please, Blizzard, make a tank trinket in a raid that tanks actually want to use. Mm. Please. Because right now we want to use DPS trinkets because all of the tank trinkets are pretty bad. And we can't use those because they're cut in half for non-DPS. So we're just stuck with no... I think we've had one trinket from a raid that's worth using for the last two tiers. I mean, really, two for the last three tiers because of Bloodthirsty Instinct. So, I mean, it's... There's just, like, no trinkets and no relics for Brewmaster at all in raids. And so I'm just, like... It, it's at the point where I have decently high off pieces, so my Brewmaster has nothing to gain from a raid but tier. And that just that just feels terrible this early on. I was going to bring up that the only other trinket I think I see much use of out of TOS is probably the just the, the Goroth trinket. And the Reliquary of the Damned has shenanigans on, like, solo-soaking slams on Mythic Maiden. But that's... The Goroth trinket is actually hilariously bad for Brewmaster, because for, Brewmaster. for whatever reason... For whatever reason, the RPPM for Brewmaster is really, really, really hilariously low. Um, it gets an average 7% uptime. What? And the shifting cosmic sliver from Kil'jaeden is the same way. What? what? Specifically Brewmaster. Specifically Brewmaster. Has just an absurdly low proc rate on it for some reason. Well, 
That's stupid. I'm sorry, I, don't, I didn't know that, but that's just, I thought like all the tanks would have the, diff, you know, similar RPPMs on, on that flat armor no, every, bonus, so, but no. Every other tank gets about 25% uptime and Brewmaster gets about seven. <sighs> well, that goes back to the original part of the opening of the show where we talked about stagger for like 15 minutes, probably, but I think, <laughs> I think after all of that, it is time to slam down this button so thank you all very much for tuning in episode number 152 of final boss tv again there's a slight hiatus coming up so if you want more podcasts check out the patreon page down below check out the youtube channel if you've missed any past shows but around the table real quick again there's peo who you can try pronouncing his full name but don't worry about it you can go talk to him in discord at the full name just don't say it but thank you for being on the show today sir and Sharing all of your opinions on all the things. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And then there is Scribe over here. You can check out his guides, math, and other such nonsense in the Discord. Or, of course, hit him up on Twitter at Brewing Scribe. All one word. And thank you as well for putting all the time and effort into making those things. Like the Google documents. Do you see this? <laughs> Chad, did you see this at the beginning of the show? What is, uh. what is this? What is... What is this? Where's the this one? Yeah, this is the end of the show. I'm just gonna keep scrolling. Wait, there we go. <laughs> You're doing that. What is what oh, is boy. this? But yeah, thank you very much for that. I'm sure all the brewmasters out there really appreciate your hard work. So thank you for being on the show today as well, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. It's been a pleasure. But that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Again, there's no show next week or a few Sundays after that. There will be like YouTube videos and discussions coming out and the new like Bay Talks with series as I build some of those. It's kind of like mini shows, basically. So you can look forward to those on the horizon. But uh, trusting your seal of of artifact power. Oh, I got to make sure I do this one more time. Like I almost forgot. There's a new medallion available. If you want to support the show in a physical manner, go check out the epic Fire Lord medallion. You can get the mug medallion too. No one? Nothing? Alright. Or the stickers or whatever, of course. You can go check those out over there. But until then, check out the past shows on YouTube. Thank you for all the continued support. Trusting your seal of artifact power. Uh, the grind comes back because artifact power is how you unlock the netherlight crucible. So enjoy that. But until we come back from the break in the pre-BlizzCon show. <sighs> bye! Bye, everybody! Oh, bye! Wait, bye at subscribe. They can't see Peo because he's off camera. There you go. Look at that. Oh, my, that, is a, that is a wave. <laughs>